0: You can spin this spell up, but it might just cook your boy. (laughs) This is the Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast. I am Josh Follin.
1: And I am Jay Baxter.
0: And I am Jeff Burns. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We are kicking off our second RPG side quest series today, where we incrementally fiddle with an old-school RPG, start to finish, with the assistance of vintage game literature. FCI's Ultimate Exodus on the NES is our quest for this particular go-round, and this is the very first stop on what I'm guessing... Could be a very long, long road. (laughs) Um, I don't know about all that. I think so. The accompanying game mag for us on this embarking is the official Nintendo and FCI published hint book for the game, a 68-page standalone booklet, and the link to a PDF of that will be in the show notes, along with the same for the pack-in instruction manual, although I would probably say it would be redundant to read both. (laughs) The uh, emulation disclosure, so you know the tools with which we are navigating our quest to restore order to Sosaria, jay how do you intend on playing this baby
1: i will be playing this on my macintosh computer with open emu software using the standard nes controller with a usb adapter
0: mm, damn wow um maybe that's how you've always played and i just never paid attention until now um <laughs> uh what uh, nes topia uh with the the usb nintendo controller pretty standard word and I will be playing on OG NES hardware, complete with NES Advantage. Oh so, god! Yeah, yeah, I will be yeah. taking the thirty-plus-year-old lithium battery backup leap of faith yet again. Oh, is this Ted's copy? <laughs> this is Ted's copy. Yeah. No uh, yeah, shit, for sure. I mean, it's I wonder one. if uh, you know. I, I know how to. Uh, I, I can do some pretty good solder work now that I've been in school since I got fired. And I wonder if I could actually like, get into the cartridge and replace that lithium, that, that battery. For sure. I mean, you probably don't even need any soldering. I imagine it's... it's, 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 I doubt it's fucking locked in there. It's probably, you know, a screw or something. I don't know, man. Kids are throwing them around and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you don't hear a lot about lithium batteries coming loose, I suppose. So, yeah, maybe they... I don't know. But you do hear a lot about, oh, shit, my games won't save. And, like, sometimes (laughs) it deletes. I don't hear a lot about that. Actually, we've had long conversations about that. I don't hear about that very often. I mean, I heard about it when I was a kid. Games... Fucking getting deleted? I don't remember if that being a... Oh, what? I remember right? several times. Like, oh, putting in Dragon Warrior or Final Fantasy and the fucking party is wiped. I don't remember that ever happens. Yes, that's yes. your little brother fucking up the thing. It's not the goddamn <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> part. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all, you, all you need is one of those actually you have to buy a special like there's a nintendo uh, tinkerer screwdriver set you got to buy to get their specific little screws off uh, but uh yeah it's too, totally doable to to change that shit out you could start well, with, when your fucking party gets wiped you know you, you you apparently know how to fix it so go for it you can start a little cottage industry yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on etsy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. word Please rate and review the pod if you enjoy our shit. It helps, and I don't know if we'll ever conquer evil without your glowing internet praise. True story. Overall theme, and we'll hear that going in uh, every episode between the first and second act breaks there. And this brings us to the cover of our handbook, and it is a retooling of the key art for the game box and manual, with a party of adventurers fleeing from a couple of heinous creatures chasing them, and an ominous castle up on a hill in the background. And the baddies are a gargoyle, pretty clearly, I think, and a less identifiable identifiable reptilian creature of some kind with three eyes standing upright and brandishing a bunch of claws and fangs the fuck do you guys think that thing is
1: (laughs) i don't know it looks like some weird lizard creature but the artwork kind of reminds me of like the sega artwork like the alex kid and that kind of stuff like when i look at those aliens with those weird buggy eyes how they have the slit it just takes me back to sega art you know
0: Maybe because it's FCI and there was similar amounts of no work put into the cover art of both Sega SMS art and <laughs> anything FCI does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a connection. Although,
0: and I guess I didn't check this, you know, FCI, the they're not the original developer of Ultima. I don't think. They just did the port here. And I think that I wonder if, if the PC iteration of the game... Had the same box art, and yeah. I can't believe I didn't check that, but yeah. Hmm. Uh, in that case, we could not blame FCI. <laughs> 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 what you uh, so although, yeah. although so this this thing, I uh, well, the, the creature, I don't know what it is. Maybe a fucking weird dinosaur of some sort. I don't know. Um, I like the. I, I do like the uh, the cover art. It, it's it's again. I, I I feel like I always talk about this, but the art is like unapologetically like meh. You know, like, I I feel like most, most, like, uh, creative endeavors these days would just, like, they would go all out and, like, get some dope-ass artwork, and, like, that monster on the left is, even the gargoyle, that's, like, a, that's not the best rendition of a gargoyle I've ever seen, and that monster on the left is, like, it was, like, they just, like, drew an outline of a creature, and then they were, like, all right, now put as much weird shit on it as you can. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's like you don't.
1: Hair, both like scales and a tail and
0: then yeah like, a spiky tail it. and like scales all over and like how can we make it more weird I don't know give it an, an, an actual Longer human claws. eye for a nose <laughs> oh
1: I didn't even notice that whoa
0: oh, come on how did you not notice like right there I just thought <clears> it was <throat> a nose like oh wow yeah right it's very different from the other eyes it's weird well on on the note of, of being kind of fucking cookie cutter The adventurers appear to be three humans, a male wizard, a male fighter, and a female cleric going from right to left. And lastly, what I was guessing is maybe like a halfling thief type, you know? Yeah. And maybe you could try to call the wizard... Or Cleric and Elfling, you can't see their ears to tell if they're pointy, which is kind of like the stock identifier of that fantasy race. Along That's with maybe... pretty racist of you, but whatever. <laughs> well, that <laughs> and then a, a slender, angular facial structure tends to be the identifying characteristics of elves in right. this kind of fantasy setting. Uh, if not, though, if those are not elves, I I think one could take serious issue with the underrepresentation here of of, <laughs> of what, you know. <laughs> the the option set available to you in this and that's kind of one of the things about you know we'll get to that but like the game has an incredibly wide array of you know i'm races is only five but the occupations available to you basically like the character customization is pretty fucking you know uh not all over the place it's like a, a to its credit it's it's varied so like the idea that they would use i mean i guess you have to make the artwork identifiable you know like trying to put like what's one of the more obscure occupations like a fucking illusionist or or, you know like how would you represent that right you know to to me and that's kind of uh, all this these games these early rpgs are all kind of like stretches to get people to buy into them so i guess maybe that's a, a reason to try to keep it as grounded and as identifiable as possible but yeah, that that's that's an excuse that racists use to make covers of hint books. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. So it's got the proprietary title treatment up top, and it says hint book down below the art, and that is flanked by the Nintendo of America and FCI logos, and FCI worked in their tagline here, which I dig a great deal, not just kid stuff. even though I think most of their games are uh, pretty shitty and, and kiddy. <laughs> 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 I guess the Ultima is certainly not one of them, but... Generally speaking, it's funny to me that that is their slogan. Uh, Also on this cover is the price tag of eight dollars. Yeah, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, in the top right corner. So that's that's if you you know breaking that down, if you cost it's two issues of Nintendo Power for this. And I di- I ran the numbers. I got the inflation numbers. So I was literally just looking them up. But yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so the inflation from 89 to 2020, the 2021 data is not hit until February, according to the website I used. But bringing it up to 2020 dollars the, the rate is 108.7%. So in 2020 dollars, this baby would be $16.70. And I think, yeah, it's pretty, you know, that's very reasonably that placed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. Which, yeah, for an entire playthrough of a game, pretty much. Yeah, not not terrible. Yeah, not at all. And and I think, it, it, honestly, it does not surprise me, I think these things were created back then, mostly with an intent to diminish, like I just said, the barriers to entry on RPGs for console gamers. So, like, I'm sure the, the logic here was, like, let's sell this for the absolute minimum to where it's not uh, a loss, and then if we sell these, it will help move the higher margin units of the games, you know what I mean? Right. So. I imagine that was the logic. What's the inflation? Considering we live in the afterscape now of 2021, uh, what does $8 in 1989 money translate to in, for instance, like toilet paper rolls? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How much is a fucking in? Well, that's going to vary market to market. uh, But I want to say for one of the big things, a cottonelle, I want to say it's like 15 bucks or something here. (laughs) So about the same. (laughs) so uh, yeah about one trip to the store for toilet paper okay right 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 one unique thing about this relative to the manual and or box art is the cutout shape in the purple border the illustration artwork is bound by here you know what i mean So that like is it supposed to be a u like ultima like that's kind of what i maybe what i was like trying to justify it with or is it just like a completely random thing you think but like the top part seems to be a little big for you like the the tops of the horseshoe like the little fucking nubs are very tall you know what i mean but the lower is very yui so i don't know i I was thinking if they were they were trying to put some some headiness into that and, and, and make it yui but it's it the the top of it is a little weird if that's the case rationalization likely. Yeah, Still I don't think I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> getting into the deal here, we we have uh we are given a 16-page epically illustrated, I would say, comic taking us through the story world's history over the first two Ultimate games and then to the start of the quest here in Exodus. And the I mean, you know, the artwork is full color. I'd say it's pretty fucking legit. Like there's clearly effort put in here, no question. It is not a like a half-assed uh, effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: they, they definitely wanted to make you enjoy the comic it was like here you go like get enjoy this get sucked into this world that we've created yeah.
0: which and, and i mean I, I assume you guys are on the same page here but i have i had no pre-existing knowledge of this story world so i was going into this comic with a, a clean slate <laughs> like no oh. no pre, pre-existing knowledge whatsoever
1: not a clue of what the story was about very and,
0: much the same They start with Act 1, and this is kind of just like an introduction of Lord British himself. And two pages into the story, I was already like, what in the fuck? (laughs) It goes quick, man. (laughs) Yeah. Our main character is from present-day Cambridge of the British Isles and stumbled into some kind of interstellar travel of some whatever to a different time in reality where he would become known as British after immediately meeting a handsome, blonde-haired man chopping wood, wink-wink, that would give him a nickname. (laughs) 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 Yeah, So he would soon become king of all the land, and that would make him Lord British. And he often tried to return to his original time and place, but to no avail. So he's just stuck here, right? (laughs) And this is, you know, it's the idea that this is not just some, you know, stock medieval fantasy story world but that it has ties to present day completely floored me and i did not see coming at all (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was it was very interesting because um when when i i've known for some time now that like you know there's a character in this story named lord british i i always thought that it was like i always thought his name was one of those things that was just like any other experience we've had in rpgs right It's just this corny, placeholding name. Right, yeah. You you almost, like, wrote it down, like, what's the guy's name going to be? Lord, I don't know, British? Sure. And then you write the rest of the story, and you're like, should we change the name? You're like, ah, fuck it, who cares? Nobody's going to play this anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So I I was actually glad to see that they developed his his name a little bit. Um, It actually does make some sense. Right. It's not as corny as it sounds. For sure, you know. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it, it kind of... It has... It inherently, even without even knowing or uh, having read the backstory, like it has kind of this like comedic right. thing to it. Like it sounds, it's funny to me. You know, not funny, funny, but kind of funny. <laughs> you know, like it's it, it's it's it sounds like it's aimed at being comical. So like I've you know I've heard that name a million times, just you know in the game verse about this story world. And like yeah, I I, I don't know, man. Like I just. It was just uh, so unexpected. Uh, the I really thought that part of it was, like, people... <sighs> it is 1989, so, like, RPGs are barely a thing. But, like, I don't know. If the if, if, if normal person, I should say, if a normal English-speaking person thinks of, like, medieval, swords, dragons, armor, you know, shit like that, they're probably thinking of, like, English knights and shit and I, I figured that Lord British was just like a way to try and like associate the two. like a, you know, an easy way for people to associate the two. Like here's a guy named Lord British. Remember when they were like knights and shit like that back right, in the yeah, day? I mean, I just yeah, I just assumed the story was set in fucking medieval England. <laughs> that was but like, you know, like I did not anticipate that it would be you know. I don't know its own standalone thing. I assumed it was just set in some sort of slight adaption of what we understand as medieval England. And that's why right. that name was there, you know? So yeah, very unexpected. The, uh, the second act is, is titled Mondane, And this is called the first dark age of Lord British's rule. And some smug little prick mundane stole his dad's magical Ruby and started fucking up shit all over the place. And that's kind of like what initiated this, this era. And I would say the art for Mondain is, is really badass. The, he looks, it reminded me of Mumra from Thundercats.
1: <laughs> it's interesting that he's oh, been yeah, so. trained in extensive military and mystical training. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a bad man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's kind of the thing, isn't that, or is that the next one where, like his dad's like, you know what? You need to just take it back a notch. <laughs> like, yeah. I would imagine it's this one. He, he gets up to some funky shit pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. One of yeah. One of these two though. The dad's like, Nah, man. You, you're you're you got to fucking you're gonna take a sabbatical or some shit. Like <laughs> being a real dick right now, dude. Yeah. You're. Uh, I don't think you're ready. No for one this. likes you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so as it happens in these situations, a strange wanderer was prayed for by Lord British and soon just fucking trundles into, into his castle. And when this dude shows up, Lord British fucking is just, he can just tell it's the it's the dude. And he absolutely nails it as the wanderer would destroy the Black Ruby and conquer mundane, restoring peace. And then that would bring us into Act 3, Minax, and this is the second Dark Age. And it is spearheaded spearheaded by Mondane's disciple Minax, and she was present during that first problem era, <laughs> and <laughs> and it, she was she is described as young and beautiful, and to have not seemed like, or rather that he she seemed too inexperienced to be deemed a threat when her when her when when Mondain was was conquered, so no one did anything about her, and they just let her. You know, do whatever she was doing. This that her return to whatever the fuck she was doing. So she was super pissed off about the whole thing, though. So she <laughs> she swore she would seek revenge, and then she rises up to also create a problem for the land. So Lord British would again post a Craigslist ad seeking a hero, and would just <laughs> nail it on, on his first hiring. <laughs> as, as the hero would go uh, do Josh Allen like great things and, and save oh, the God. kingdom. <laughs> Do Josh Allen like really things best. and fail to save the kingdom right at the end? Uh, maybe. Uh, I would say it's more, it was more schematic and coaching decision based, mm-hmm. though, than than Josh Allen. The, you know, <laughs> that's true. Lord British has demonstrated throughout the first two acts to not really put in a lot of effort to ending these dark ages that he seems to start. Right, right. Yeah, and then you end up. He's turtle- like, I don't know, fucking somebody, please wander in and solve this. Oh, wow, that actually happened. Right, <laughs> yeah. You know, when the shit hits the fan, you totally turtle, and you, you know, you're just not ready for it. Maybe you're. The other king that you used to work for, you have a little bit of a complex about, and you're not real sure how to approach scheming up defensive plans or offensive plans for that matter, you know. So, that, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff there that can happen, I think. Yeah, you need to see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, and then bringing us into this one, like, basically, the, the third Dark Age is called the Curse of mundane and Minaxe, so it's like, I guess, you know, I don't know. they don't really clearly define what you're up against here. You know, they leave it ambiguous and as part of the discovery, you know, but there are these illusions that these two have somehow returned and are back and have created the, the new problems. And so, so Lord British has maintained power in Cesaria through the three dark ages. And it, you know, I was thinking like, (laughs) like, you know, he's clearly fought. Yeah. We just kind of said, he's clearly fucking something up here. Like when you have a person in charge, and, like, shit goes horribly wrong twice. It's like, okay, like, that first time, yeah. like, you know, whatever, shit happens, you know, and they fixed it. And then, as, a, it's a, a, as like, a, a, a function of that first problem that is not properly squashed, a second massive problem arises. And, like, yes, it gets fixed, but, but like, I really was... wish you hadn't done that. Right, I wish, you'd, I wish you'd have been a little more thorough the first time. And then the third thing crops up, and I think you just gotta start firing people. (laughs) Uh, At that point, we need to start having talks. Yeah, right. Yeah, clearly, uh, clearly, a a trend has been established here. So, well, I mean, like, would would it have killed you to just like kill Minax? Right. Yeah. You know, like she was uh, seemingly like an unpowerful, you know, I don't want to call her a girl necessarily, but like, you know. Apprentice, like yeah, so like low level, inexperienced, like it would not have cost you a lot to just kill her too, and you didn't. Do you right. think that was wise? <laughs> or at least keep a, at least keep a, a closer eye. If you know, if you want to, you want to be a humanistic ruler, that's fine. I can get on board with having that agenda. There's a bumper in the dungeon. Yeah, you got it. You can't just like ah fucking don't worry about it. Just go fuck do whatever you want to do. <laughs> like hey, where you're, is you're... Minax? Ah, fucking somewhere around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this time, a fiery island of molten lava, inhabited by demonic spirits, spirits rather, has just fucking appeared out of nowhere in the ocean. So like, you know, like, you know, I mean, what is what does he say about that? Like, I fucking don't even sweat that, citizens of Saria. Like, no, it happens NBD. all the time. <laughs> no NBD. Yeah. Like, don't like, you know, I know those two really horrible things happened, and like, you might think that has something to do with my rule. But this is this has nothing to do with that. Don't even, don't even. <laughs> well, you know. Also on that uh, on that subject, like the guy has tried to go back, you know, to present time a few times already. So like <laughs> he's kind of checked out. He's a little he's, bit emotionally checked out. Yeah. Exactly. He's probably not putting a whole lot of effort into this. He's probably just like sitting in his room playing with his pendant, trying to get home because he misses his <laughs> fucking friends. And now he's got to rule a kingdom. Yeah, this sounds shitty. I don't know. I'd probably ignore it too.
1: It's like some way where stranger will come save us again. I'm dude, sure it.
0: He keeps, yeah, he, he's actually trying, he's <laughs> trying to get fired, and every time a fucking crisis pops up, he's like, I don't know, a fucking stranger will solve it, and then it keeps happening. <laughs> right, right. <He> <laughs> can't get, I'm trying that. to get fired, dude. Just can't get get fired, yeah. So soon after the initial reports of this island by sailors, a derelict merchant ship was towed into port with the name Exodus written in blood on the deck. Mm. <laughs> And I'd like to think that's what Stinky Pinky, or whatever his name was, did to our ship after murdering us and taking all our shit and Sea of Thieves. Just towed our fucking ship somewhere and wrote bloody shit on it. (laughs) He fucking might as well have, dude. That was embarrassing. I absolutely love this first panel on page 11 with the demonic spirit yelling, get them. Like, to me... That means these demonic spirits talk like stock '80s action movie street thugs. Oh, like,
1: for sure. <laughs> like get them! I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of it also you know, I, like that is one analogy. It's also very, and I don't know uh, the Mumra thing maybe is what I'm thinking, but it's very thunder. It's very like those those late mid to late '80s cartoon action cartoons you know it's, yeah. it sounds like 100% like something <laughs> that fucking cobra commander would say or Mumra or you know, someone get them look <laughs> <Get> that <them. laughs> right and if you try to if you try to like uh superimpose that onto a real person in that position ever saying that to his lackeys, like never. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it,
1: it's so weird and jarring, but like yeah. I like it.
0: Maybe <laughs> much more choice language. <laughs> yeah. So further in the story for the game, we are told that while Lord British's efforts to purge the kingdom of mundane and Minax's evil were successful, there were remote areas where his influence has not reached. So hoods, if you will. <laughs> these these hoods have not changed and monsters still inflict terror on the people in these isolated and marginalized pockets so it's I don't know it's, it's also yeah it is it's kind of it's very much playing into our, our funny little running joke here about him like he's just making excuses you know he's like well you know I don't have the resources like maybe we should raise taxes so I have some more lackeys to send out to these areas where I don't have you know total ability to police properly <laughs> This isn't my fault. I don't have enough taxes to hire an army. I don't know what you want from me. I got. I'm going to go though. Yeah. So Britannia is one of these hoods where it's described that gruesome moon shines and the foul stench of blood mixes with blood curdling screams to permeate the land. So I, don't know, I was kind of thinking like maybe the Bronx, Jay. Like that kind of makes me think of the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as as far as hoods go. And they just beat us over the head now with how fucked this place is for like four pages, underscored with lines like "blood is shed throughout the kingdom" and "the cataclysmic events have brought a foul stench upon the land." And the villages are under siege, and people are begging for help. So they just like, super fucked. It's super fucked. It's super fucked. It's super fucked. It's super <laughs> fucked. You
1: know, made waste to everything.
0: Right. right. So and of the, course, one- the next page, Lord British, in his classic move. Yeah. Yeah. He and- just... Yeah, he just drops the big money. I think it's like 30 bucks to post a Craigslist ad. So he drops <laughs> the big bucks, and the the, it's, it's the 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 verbs they use is uh, heroes of the people is what he's looking for. So four cats just show up, and that's the party you are making at the beginning of the game. And our story begins. <laughs> combo in my opinion uh to 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 make one track for a video game but that will bring us into the basic manual section of the hint book and they do not fuck around with the opener here it says ultima the object of the game (laughs) so So it, it reads four adventurers challenging exodus by order of lord british what is Exodus? Is it human? Is it a monster? In order to prevail, the, insure, the adventurers must solve many mysteries and increase their own natural abilities. So it's like, like it could not be expressing it in a more basic, like the idea of an RPG. I mean, in a in a more basic uh, paragraph, <laughs> you know. So uh, again, just just calling to the underlying purpose of these books at the time. I think. Yeah, because when you play an RPG now in 2021. Like, yeah, that that paragraph is internalized. Like, yeah, there's going to be some people that I play. I got to fight something. Is a human monster? Don't know. But I'm going to have to level up first. Right. That's RPGs. But not a known quantity at the time. They explain the character stats display next, which is good because it is a real jumble fuck, in my opinion. Right? They have <laughs>
1: yeah. it. Mean, Lots of some... numbers and letters, man. I'm like,
0: what is this? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> get used to that jay the uh the, yeah so there's some, there's some basic staples there's hp you know we all know that one hit points food this is the amount of food the character has and when it hits zero they start taking damage and the idea that there's a survival mode only for this rpg you know is, is yep. pretty bullshit you can't turn that the fuck off having to deal with like you know so you play fallout or any of that shit now you can play it where like that stuff's on if you really want to so i i hate I, the idea of even calling it difficult to me is is not really the right terminology like it's just like a painstaking pain in the ass thing you yeah. know what I mean? yeah it's Agreed. like weapon maintenance in in rpgs it's like yeah. i know what you're going for but like it never really works out that way and just ends up being annoying a tedious thing right and like you know we say that as we as we glorify subnautica on a regular basis where you do have to eat drink and that is like a huge part of the game but <laughs> different man that game is so good yeah, <laughs> for some reason it works. Yeah, for some reason it works. And, and yeah, actually, it works. That, that that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I'll I'll get mine in. Sorry, Jerry. And, and, but the good point is like like I said, it almost always ends up just being this tedious, annoying thing. Whereas in Subnautica, it's actually tight. Right. <laughs> actually, and, and to a degree, it's not though, Jerry. I know you you may have just started playing. Maybe that's a spoiler for the other podcast. But um, <laughs> at a certain point, yeah, you kind of do in that game get to a point where, like, you're good enough. You've established your ability to survive. Have, no, but... No, 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 actually, sorry. I take that back. It works.
1: <laughs> See, it works in certain games. Like, even playing Grounded on Xbox, like, it's a freaking great game. And at the core of it, you have to be concerned about how much you're eating and drinking. But, like, somehow, like, it works. It's not annoying in that. So it just... It depends on how they put it together.
0: Wait, is now, that game... Out?
1: It, no it's still bad it's still back okay. In Yep.
0: okay because I'm very interested in that game
1: uh,
0: It's. It, I think
1: I haven't been keeping up with it as much because it was like this open beta for a while and like well over a million people were playing it and it's like it was great even though it's in beta mm-hmm. but then they released like this um, this extra patch because you know they've been continuing to add things and build it out even while it's been in the stage but like something happened and they had to close it off for a while to fix things and so I don't know I haven't kept kept up with it since because it's uh, been probably about two months since then.
0: I don't fuck with betas, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's good though. There's that too. I don't know, the idea of like a, I I would even try to avoid news about them, but the right cyberpunk stuff is kind of unavoidable at present, and like talking about people talking about that, how like you know like. I mean, you know it's pretty good like this every now and again just fucking glitches and i expect that it's like how oh, the fuck man huh <laughs> <laughs> like no if yeah, i'm expecting that. it to fail like i'm not playing <laughs> i mean like beta beta players are like you know they used to pay people to do this right, <laughs> right. Like, you're devaluing the labor stop doing that <laughs> so yeah so you have to stay stocked on food by buying this from grocery stores and uh, you know imagine that that's where you would find that but they're actually dedicated grocery stores in this game that you have to shop at and get food and maintain that or you will take damage on a rolling basis until you replenish the food so um, there is also a health indicator and the options here are good poisoned cold dead ashes and we'll get into these more later into the game but but clearly i would say there's more going on than usual you know like most games you're going to get you know, a poisoned, maybe a turn to stone, and, like, and then, that's the Final Fantasy set of, yeah. of statuses. Uh, but you know, like cold, dead, You're dead, Ash yeah, this, yeah, what ashes. This? Like, and that's, I, if I recall correctly, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that's part of like you, you can. It basically, it, it, it's it's a risk component of reviving dead players. Like you can fuck up revivals. Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the wizardry style. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm I'm assuming it functions on wizardry rules. Like you, you can do more safe and reliable forms of revival back at the castle. But if you're in a pinch out in the field, you can spin the spell up, but it might just cook your boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like that's that's. There's no there's maybe no better mechanic to point at the. Ruthless unforgivingness of of wizardry as a as a as a video game. It's like that you know that yeah. is just ah oh, it's just so punitive if you think about it. Like it's yeah, unbe- dude. It, I I try. I told you I was trying to play through it recently. I was gonna play like you know authentic. I was gonna like level up to a certain point and then I was just gonna play through the game as I believe it was intended to be played. And I could never let go of my training wheels because that game is fucking horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Just so brutal. the consequences are just unbelievable <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well we'll see I feel like you can't possibly yeah. you, you you can't recreate characters I don't think in this so it, it can't be the same you know what I mean but I'm starting to wonder if it is man like seeing <laughs> <scene, laughs> ashes is very serious <laughs> when was the last time you saw ashes in an RPG and it, you were like "Yeah, that's no big deal <laughs> yeah. relation to characters never so I don't know we'll see see what happens So they also have sex here, and the character's sex is identified as either male or female, and determined by his or her occupation. Uh Uh-oh. Gender roles. Yeah, that's the kind of gender rigidity (laughs) that gets you cancelled in 2021 FCI. (laughs) Get on Twitter right now and start talking about Ultima. (laughs) Can you believe? Yeah. Race and occupation will be covered later, and then we have magic points and level are, are kind of more RPG does as far as this goes. So. The next thing we cover here, and this is... I don't even know what to say. The, the, the rules here for the... We go. Moon, yeah, the, <laughs> <here we're laughs> go. the rules? rules moon gates are next, right? And like, yeah, what the fuck's a moon gate? Well, I have played this game a bunch of times in my life, and it's one thing to look at this in the book and go, what the fuck's a moon gate? It's a whole nother to be in the game and be like, what in the fuck are these things? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i all the times i played it i still didn't know so in all honesty reading about them here was incredibly helpful and and gave me maybe a, a glimmer of optimism about my my getting into this game for whatever number of tries it is now and and having a little more success this time but yeah this has to be this the moon gates must be the sticking point for me when it came to this game yeah like no. I think I could probably go fight enemies well enough. You know, I probably could have gotten better. I was like eight years old when I last tried this game. But I you know, I certainly at eight years old, there's no fucking way unless you very specifically explained it to me how a moon gate was gonna function. This is absolutely the sticking point for younger me. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think it's it's a it's a nice planting of their flag by FCI that you are in for some serious shit. <laughs> if you're yeah. not like really ready on the RPG front, this is where you're gonna be like this is, yeah, Wait, this is the, the chopping block. <laughs> right. So the Moongate Breakdown shares the page with an explanation of the commands menu. And there is a lot of the usual shit here too, but there's surprisingly quite a bit of conversation-worthy copy here, I would say. The talk command specifically mentions in its explanation that it is possible to use this command more than once on the same person. So in most RPGs, the motherfucking people just say the same shit over and over and over again every time you talk to them. In this game, not the case. Sometimes they will say something different either after, you know, if something happens, there are, there are people will change copy after a certain action is done, but this is implying that just repetitively talking to people can change the information you are provided. And that right. is, I In part, like, it's, like, half cool and half tough. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because, like, what does that mean? It means I'm going to... There's so much of these games that can be just... You're just ramming your head into a wall, and, like, you're just doing a flowchart of things to get to a step in the code that gives you the thing you need to progress. You know what I mean? And, like, that can be... I don't know. It doesn't give you a number. Like, how many times do I have to do that? Do I have to talk to some yeah. people ten times? Do I have to talk to them fucking three? Like, what's the... You no. Know, like, how do you know? And there is no way to know. And if, you know, if this is a mechanic, there's a stark possibility that late in the game, we will be at a sticking point and be like, find out that we had to talk to this person an eighth time and we only got to six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that seems
1: like it would be extreme. Like, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm gonna talk to everybody twice. That's my immediate strategy as I read this. Like, okay, yeah, sure, John. No, sure. then I'm gonna talk to him again if he says <clears throat> the same stuff. I'm gonna move on.
0: You know, I don't just, disagree that uh, it's a little hyperbolic to to say those numbers, but I all I all I mean is the uncertainty of it. In a game like this, where it will not be the only thing where this happens, I promise you, <laughs> like the uncertainty is troubling because it just if you don't understand the rules, it's impossible to play this game. There's no way. There's no tutorial. There's no fucking. There's no, you know, there's no all-encompassing option set ever presented to you, so you're often just guessing what the fuck the next thing is, and, like, if it's not, if it's not intuitive enough, you just get stuck and you want to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> also, as a grizzled RPG, NES RPG veteran, um, yeah, I, I was I was scared by that at first, too. I was like, oh, great. Like because like sometimes you'll have this like I feel like a Dragon Warrior 2 is this way where it's just like hey you got to find this item and it's on a tile somewhere in the world <laughs> good luck <laughs> good luck and it's like oh there's wow a, there's only like there's only like 11,000 of those so if not that. three times as many as that so like <laughs> good luck uh, yes Josh I can easily see this being like what the fuck, man, I've talked to everybody 34 times <laughs> in the entire world, like, what do you want from me? And you look it up on the internet and it's going to be like, well, talk to this guy 35 times. <laughs> right. Like, like ah! these games, they, they do have, uh, like, I feel like Dragon Warrior was almost kind of like that with, like, the hidden staircases in the bottom rights of corners and shit. It's almost like they add, like, a trick and pretend that it's difficulty. Right. And it's annoying. Well, you know, it's, it's not even, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily calculated in that way. It's just there yeah. are limitations to the way this story and the way difficulty can uh, or this game style and the way the difficulty can be presented, you know? It's often, I mean, you know, it's, it's not just RPGs. Like, all, so many of these games at the 8-bit level are just like, you are like, how do we make it harder? Put in some sh- dumb shit. Like, you, yeah, know? you kind like, of have to, like, game the system a little bit. Right, exactly, you know, and that's, it's like, you know, the fucking, uh, even like Tecmo Bowl even will have shit like that. It's just like... You can't stop that route. Like there's nothing you can do. I can go to the spot that I know you're throwing. I can go to the pixel. I know what the pixel is and I can go stand on it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, you're good. And we'll see how good you are against cheating. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so how, about,
1: how about the fact that you can like get a horse and mount up in this? Like, yeah, I was
0: very personally. interested by that. Yep. I was like, surprised by that. As well. I didn't
1: think you could do that until like much later, later generation games. So I'm uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure
0: the first time I ever got on a horse in an RPG was in Skyrim. Yeah. Like, uh, no, so. no. But unless it depends if you call it an RPG. The first horse I think of is the is is, is Zelda in, on 64. Epona. Mm, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about yeah. that one. Yeah, but that's, and that is an RPG. Yeah, I I think yeah, it is too, it. but I think some people would say it's not. Well, there are people oh, yeah. out there that would say it's not. I would listen to the argument, but I, but I think it's an RPG. Agreed. Agreed. So the fight is a command here, or rather, fight is a command here, and that means combat can be initiated by you, and that is also not exactly the norm. I don't think I would say, you know, you can base, you, so you can do this with enemies on the overworld map, like, you know, they're, they're you can see the enemy. It's not like, uh, it's not random encounter based like Dragon Warrior. You can see sprites on the overworld of things you can fight and then you can avoid them or they can, you know, you can not. sometimes get cornered and then they can initiate a fight. But you can also just walk up to them and hit the button and pick fight and fight them, choose to fight them, which is probably more how it should be. I But it is unique, I would say, compared to most other options at, at the 8-bit level, you know. Mm-hmm. And the more important aspect of this is you can fight anything anywhere. Anything. So, yeah, so you can recall. I mean, like, if I recall correctly, anyways, you can go into towns and just pick fights with soldiers if you want. And if Correct. you do that, you get skull fucked
1: <laughs> because
0: you're not the baddest motherfucker around. In fact, you're not even close. Right, and and they just like waves of them. I think keep coming, but the, you know, the that the option that that's available to you in a game like this is. Just so much more leeway, I think, than you normally get. You know, as far as the role play aspect goes, it, it, you know, like what it made me think of is it, it particularly ups the option for the chaotic evil role play. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I, you know, the first game <laughs> that I remember, like, oh yeah, like you just, well, that's not true. Maybe not the first game, but yeah, again, like you know, Skyrim and games like that. You know, Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. Um, that's at least on consoles. Now I know the PC gamers that are listening are like pulling their hair out when they hear me say that. But like for a council game to just be like, yeah, you can fight. You could, it, it's the classic DM uh, response to like, Hey, can I do this thing? And like the, the dungeon master would be like, you can try. <laughs> yeah. that's. Uh, you give it a I shot If you want to fight weird. the whole Make castle of, it for anything you want. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out, dude. If you want to fight the entire castle of, let me check my notes real quick. Trained soldiers. I mean, go for it. <laughs> It might end our night very early. (laughs) (laughs) But you can do that. Yeah. yeah. And you can do that in Ultima, which is fucking. Yeah. Again, like you didn't see that in Final Fantasy. You didn't see that. I mean, you didn't see anything like that in Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior. So get is for opening treasure chests, but it mentions here it can also be used to steal shit from shops. So again, like way more roleplay freedom that you can just. And again, like there are, you know, that's. punitive thing but there are thieves and like you can i I think there's like a skill level associated with this and you can do it and not get caught and benefit from that but you can also get frag for that so like i just you know the the, the role play freedom here is kind of fucking crazy to me you know i'm excited about this yeah the gold command is for divvying up dough and it has the tip in here that it is generally safer to have the last character in your party be the one holding the gold. And I'm guessing that's maybe the traps thing or just less likely to catch heat in battle or maybe a combination of the two. But I thought that was probably a one of us by the next episode or during the next episode. would be like, OK, I know exactly why <laughs> the last yeah. member should have the gold. Sure. But that's, you know, that's again, it's just a, the complexity. is crazy because, you know, that's it everything dragon warrior two i mean obviously it's only one person in dragon warrior one dragon warrior two and final fantasy it's all just a pooled situation our s- right. uh, system that you your entire party works and with, your you gold's I mean? never at risk right right well so, yeah. i guess in dragon warrior it is but yeah in final fantasy it's not at least i think if you die in final fantasy it if you if one game over are you sure that it doesn't get halved i think you're wrong i, have, I have a final fantasy tattoo i know and that's why it's all the more reason I, it's shocking to me but i think there's got to be some punitive aspect of it but i mean the idea of, like, you know, either, either way e- e- that's an extreme case where like everyone is dead like in this <clears throat> it's suggesting that if someone gets fucked up everyone else survives though you lose that person's shit all right, right? Yeah, you know, the idea that like if they get killed in battle the thing that killed them could just lean over and root through their shit <laughs> In their pockets. which is what you do when you kill things so why right. not Exactly. I
1: mean so. I guess it makes sense if you had like your magician or somebody wearing cloth armor holding the gold standing first and instead of your tank they could easily get taken out lose the gold and you could have all the other members of the party still alive
0: sure yeah yeah, exactly. yeah definitely don't put your magic users up front <laughs> I think, at least. I mean, that's pretty standard RPG (laughs) fare, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll apply here, too. So then we get two pages on participating in the local economy and that uh, a.k.a. shopping, basically. So there is also way more commerce diversity in here than a lot of RPGs Mm -hmm. there. You know, in addition to we, we have they have your standard weapon and armor shops, which are standalone. That's maybe that's a little unique. But they also have what are called guild shops, and its I'm not sure exactly what they sell, but it says it's usually operated by the Thieves Guild. The mm-hmm. guild so, I mean, I think they're item-y stores, but let's see when we get there. And then they already mentioned the dedicated grocery stores, and there are pubs, which are explained as providing useful information only after purchasing three drinks. And I find that mechanic hysterical. <laughs> 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 it does say that, but... Yeah, it's so it's such a nice role-play touch, though. Like, I don't know. I just... I 1,000% never knew that in any of my previous plays of the game. I would never assume that. Like, just no chance in hell that that would ever occur to me. <laughs> and the fact that it is specifically three drinks uh, is just very cool. I think very funny. That, that's that's what's interesting about that is I'm not... I'm not sure if I would have found that out without being told it. Right. No, no way. Dude, I told you I played it, you know, however many times like, I played it. Never. Uh, no. Yeah, but you also played it when you were, like, 12. I also played it recently. And, I mean, granted, I didn't give it an instruction manual read for those, but I didn't, you know, did not... There's a lot of that. I mean, there's, there's another thing here we'll get to in a moment that, like, you know, it just seemed like a waste of money. Like, I don't... I never even would have thought to do it without being played. I also think in this game, like, I'm guessing here, but I'm thinking that this game is going to be very stingy on the money front. Because if you have to buy... I'm, you have to buy weapons, armor, items... You have to heal yourself somehow and you have to buy food. I feel like it's going to be more akin to like NES Dragon Warrior, where it's like you go out and level up and like spend time, you know, fighting enemies and leveling up and doing your thing. And by the time you're done healing and getting all that shit done, you might have only gained like seven or eight gold for that entire adventure. So I I think this game's going to be like that.
1: Yeah, Hence I need for casinos.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, there's there's yeah, there's those. It, it's, it's funny to me that there it's the only game available in the casinos is rock paper scissors, which is an interesting choice to me for gambling. That's but awesome. again, like fucking RPGs at this level, I mean the idea like Fallout New Vegas, like literally one of the big appeals is like, dude, you can go to Vegas and gamble. That game got released in like 2009, right? right? Yeah, no, it's cool. And and in fact that it is like an actual game of chance, you know. Um I guarantee you the game fucking cheats their ass off. At least that's what I'm gonna say when I start losing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a random number <laughs> generator. But the uh Dragon Warrior two had something like a, a slot machine of some kind, I think, with the tickets. Remember the tickets? Yeah, they that you got tickets and you could get like There was one like a wand or something that was like the, the, the best prize you could get out of it. And I think For I the Princess, I believe. Right, right, right. But then you also wanted like the second best prize, which was tight as fuck too. It was like right. some really
1: some I, think really it was a golden ticket.
0: I think it was like an, an unlimited ticket you could get a ticket that allowed you to gamble as many times as you wanted i think was one of the things yeah that sounds familiar which is crazy i actually remember trying to get that i was trying to get one of those things on a weekend that i got sent to my dad's house and i took the game with me i was like i'm gonna impress josh and i'm gonna get the <laughs> <golden> <laughs> ticket do well i don't know if i i probably oh, don't get the game i can't wait anything to say this we've talked about dragon War two a few times and i can't wait so I don't think i've talked to you about this well i did in, the, in, the, in, our, in our group that i think but the in dragon quest 11 they have the where you go back in time and play the, basically moments from the earlier games and in, in towns Did i I, I, t- did I tell you about this jeb or no i don't think so okay so there there's a mechanic in there's like a, a i would call it a side quest har har in in dragon quest 11 where you can go back to specific moments in earlier games oh, and no way all yeah all the ones i've seen so far have been towns like the very first one was the grave of garenham and you go back to the town of garenham and you have to go into that big building and like everyone like every, everyone was gone or or there's some sort of like something is like way off in each one of these situations that was not in the original game at the time and you have to go there and you have to fix something to get it back to restore it back to how it was in that actual game at that actual time right so, and garen ham i go to garen ham for the first one and like everyone's fucking gone in the town and you gotta go into that big room and then there you have to basically know no one tells you you have to know that you can go i mean it's you know it's more easily identifiable than it was in the original dragon warrior but, you right. basically have but to it know, helps to know right it, to, to, that the back wall has the the open part you know, you have yep. to go back behind and go to the grave and you can't go down into the grave, but there's, uh, there's something there that you have to battle and you get, I th- it might just be the harp. I can't remember, but you have, you get something from that. You have to come back and give it to the one old man who's out in front of the town. And then once that happens, it restores peace. And then everyone comes back to the town and the town is vibrant. And like it was at the time Okay. and you know, and it's in, and I'm playing in the 2d mode. So it, it's like, it looks like a super Nintendo, super NES version of the town. And like everyone they don't say the exact same things, but they usually say something that kind of alludes to what they talked about in the original game. So it's just it's – just, it's, it's a really well-crafted nostalgia pluck. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's really well done. And huh. I did one last night, and it was for Dragon Warrior 2, and you went back to Moonbrook, and everyone in town except for the princess mm-hmm. is a dog. Oh nice yeah so oh that's cool yeah super fucking cool and and you you wouldn't necessarily know that if you didn't like if you were younger you maybe have no frame of reference for that right yeah so Uh yeah it's 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 very interesting and well done but i I thought that one was super cool you know yeah you should go back to the uh you should i I know it doesn't work like this but you should go back to the uh that destroyed town i can't remember what it's called right now in one and find the uh the, the next Erdrick's armor that was left there when you <laughs> dropped your... and not fathom that Hawksness is not one of them in the fucking, you know, there's like, there's a ton of right? a ton of these, so I right. have zero doubt. I actually, like, I... That would be cool as hell if you went to that tile and searched and found uh, Erdrichs armor. Something, there's just gotta be. There's just no way that that is not, you know... Well, I think even more interesting, you're going there and it's going, to, like, the idea of, of, see, we've talked extensively about how badly we want to see that town in action you know and and yeah. I, I i've zeroed doubt they have that like basically a before the destruction yeah pretty wasteland version like they they just have, there's i'll be shocked if that's not in there right yeah, and then there's a merchant right there and you can go talk to him and be like yeah, Damn, and he talks about he's, he's gonna talk about that dickhead up in coal or whatever it is you know like <laughs> ah so good it's so well done and so smart and and so much better job than you usually get of those those type of nostalgia references you know in these games yeah that so, sounds cool as hell actually yeah
1: no, and funny. let me let me remind you josh months ago when i told you this game was coming out
0: you I were so anti and I'm I, was super, like, no. I wasn't anti i was just like i was like yeah. it's overwhelming i said it's overwhelming i didn't say i didn't <laughs> want to play i said i'm overwhelmed with the idea of playing mm. jerry josh is contrarian for the sake of being contrarian this is true <laughs> I, I, real quick, I know we're on the uh, the, the Dragon Warrior 2 podcast here. I found the uh, the prizes that you can win in Dragon Warrior 2. First prize, three sun symbols, golden card, probably unlimited gambling. Yep. Second prize, three sa- three stars, wizard's ring. Yep. Uh, yep. Which I believe casts something, but it breaks too. I, I remember I got it once, and then it broke after a few uses. It was very deflating. And yeah. then you can get uh, wizard's wand and then other petty shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, super cool. So, yes, it's not, not well, this is before then, so I was going to, that's incorrect to say that it's not undone. This may have been the first instance of 8-bit in-game gambling in an RPG. Which, uh, you know, Nintendo uh, probably wasn't super thrilled about, maybe, but not thrilled about. Well, it's
1: rock, paper, scissors.
0: Right, exactly. They dumped this. It probably was originally, in in the PC version, it's probably like fucking some sort of, you know, fucking roulette or some sort of, some sort of much more, you know. Less, uh, less benign type not of. Game. I was gonna say nefarious, but that's not. <laughs> that's not the right word. <laughs> so temples are for reviving the dead, but may also offer important info. And this is what, like you know we were talking about. Well, fortune tellers. This I think it's maybe both of them. Uh, you can buy tips basically. So whereas these games so often are, you walk around and talk to everyone to get all your information. In this case, you have to legitimately spend money directly with vendors to get like I, I, one of these two. I can't remember the fortune tellers or the temples, but they have each one has five tips of increasing mm. cost. And I'm sure cool. the most expensive one is critical information. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So. See, I told you money is going to be a bitch in this game. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep.
1: Grinding.
0: Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> get your fucking grind on. Ends are for saving only. You cannot, you do not stay the night at the end and replenish your health. That's not how it works in this game. They are only for saving. And hospitals are where you heal as well as cure status ailments. So separate transactions, basically. Oh. I've got save state, so. Right, right, but. Uh, <laughs> still gonna have to go to the hospital to heal. They, and I'm sure it's, I, I don't, like, I feel like it's not, it's not cheap. Like healing is not cheap, if I recall correctly. It's like it's not. Yeah, like we said, the grind. They got that American healthcare system here. <laughs> <laughs> they have weapon and armor charts that show what character classes can use what shit, which is critical knowledge that is not available in the instruction manual, which is Very total important. fucking bullshit. <laughs>
1: I'm, over- I'm overwhelmed. Look at these charts, man. I mean, oh,
0: overwhelmed. Stuff- I'm thrilled. Yeah. Critical, critical information. And yeah, I mean, not knowing, you know.
1: Like you thought you were going to be a cleric wielding a, a bow wrong thing right. again you
0: know <laughs> i yep. never would have thought that though i would have thought that i could well, be clerics can't thief. have any in anything Cleric, that's the whole thing with clerics they have to have blunt objects right now, that's blood, why just you and i wouldn't have thought that but you and i <laughs> would have thought that a thief could use a bow and you can't what kind of bullshit is that right but the but barbarian I'll, can this is insane
1: like why does a wizard get a dagger or a mystic sword like a a mystic sword cool but like nothing else
0: literally the mystic sword is like an outlier i think that's like the uh the mars how do you even say that word in final fantasy the mass moon uh i don't remember the spelling enough to give you but well it's a sword that you can put you can give to anybody and you just give it to your white mage so that your fighter can use excalibur Mm -hmm. so that's what that strikes me as, but like there are other inconsistencies in this chart that do not vibe with the traditional traditional RPG uh, equipment expectations, right? Yeah, for sure. I would say, generally speaking, that wizards are usually dagger only. Situation that's the whole thing. They are like right. uh, it, it, it's it's okay. all it's very, very customary that, that they are borderline useless in the beginning and later on become fucking powerhouses
1: (laughs) yeah powerhouses yeah but i mean give me a staff or a wand or something you
0: know what i mean if you're going to give me a weapon yeah they really don't have anything wow only dagger oh get your fucking spell on sooner get fucking to work get to fucking work (laughs) (laughs) next two pages are devoted to explaining the races and occupations available for creating your party and i would say this is pretty legit. I mean, it encroaches again on wizardry tier complexity. Mm-hmm. There there are only four skill attributes, strength, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, as opposed to the more classical six, constitution and charisma being the omissions, you know. But these inform five races and, like I said, 11 occupations, you know, which is, you know, that creates f- five times, 55 different options, basically, right. which is a lot of fucking options for... An eight-bit RPG, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. Like how you want to, you know, clearly every different comment with fifty-five options and four slots. Your actual party options become. I mean, is that just four times fifty-five? I feel like it would be more than that. I don't know, but probably not. No, four times fifty-five. So which I don't know how would that would there is like a way to do that kind of math, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think that's the exponential jump there to two twenty. But, anyways, a lot of fucking options as far as party makeups go, and. The five races are humans, elves, dwarves, bobbits, and fuzzies. The first three are very common in medieval fantasy and adhere to their common stereotypes. in here, as far as their their makeup goes, attribute wise. But yeah, you don't roll. I guess that's worth saying too. You don't roll for attributes. Yeah, you each, assign them, right? Right. Well, each no, each race. Do you assign them or I thought each race, I don't think you start off with like 99 strength as a dwarf. I don't think it works like that. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Really? I, I didn't think no. that. So either way there, there's a, your, your, your base, whatever starts with what your race is. And then maybe you add to it. Maybe you don't, but either way, each race has its own preset underlying attribute makeup. And of the, the other two options that are kind of i think less familiar at least to me uh, there's bobbits and i would say they have a hobbit halfling look to them but are most adept as spellcasters whereas the the hobbit halflings are usually more thief rogue minded races in my experience i would say mm-hmm. yeah so that's a little weird and then fuzzies are incredibly weak on the strength front but are maxed in dexterity and intelligence with very high wisdom also so i don't know the intel you know the intelligence and wisdom kind of take away from this but those seem by being having the dexterity are probably the most geared towards your thief rogue types you know but i think it's a little odd that they have the higher spell casting propensity too you know so
1: yeah and that's yeah. why i'm thinking those would be ideal for my wizard you know
0: <laughs> yeah with extra dexterity too which should inform or wait no i think we're gonna get to a dexterity yeah dexterity is not inform defense or armor at least. It does, it informs the ability to actually hit the enemy and successfully disarm traps. Correct, correct. Which is odd. Dexterity is usually a defensive-based mechanic. It might also apply to, like, a trap disarming, like a thief-type skill like that, but right. the fact that it doesn't do anything <laughs> for defensive purposes is definitely unique and very odd. To me. I wonder if it does, and it just doesn't say it. Like, I mean, like we've talked about, you know, at length, these instruction booklets and hint books as you said you you found a a dragon warrior oh my god book that like is better than the other one and it's like they do either like leave information out or just literally forget to put it in there so it could do defensive stuff but uh i guess we shall see and there are no i mean you know they explain the four attributes they don't there's no mention of it's not like strength does it either you know what i mean there's nothing in form defensive so right. And something has to. If it's just armor, I mean that you know, I would believe it if you told me, but right. that it's for as complex as this game is making itself out to be and the um uh, and the abilities of some other RPGs, of its peer RPGs, to do multiple things with uh with different attributes, it would seem strange to just leave dexterity out of the defensive equation. Agreed. So the 11 occupations with varying weapon and, and armor equip caps as well as either listed as either none, half, or full use of the two spellcasting trees. And This is maybe the most important page in the book. <laughs> Very well could be, yes. Very important. Yep. And there are a lot of common ones in here. Fighters, clerics, wizards, thieves, paladins, I would say. Those are pretty standard. But there are also a lot of less so options. The barbarians are a bit unique. Illusionists, druids, larks, rangers, alchemists. Uh, a dedicated alchemist to me is just like crazy specificity that like i just can't believe uh has enough in game um specialization to warrant, you know, i feel that i feel like what you're maybe trying to say is like i know what you guys are going for in this alchemist character but do you have enough um like action a- options to exactly. actually make it work Right, exactly, exactly. It also reminds me of the uh, chemist in Final Fantasy Tactics, which you would think is not a very important character, but try playing that game without one. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you haven't played that game, you should just regular try playing that game. It's one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Yeah, I know. I tried it way back when, but I haven't played it in forever. Try again. I, I keep hearing about it, so we'll get we'll get there. 11 years from now in the (laughs) timeline. (laughs) A page on character and party creation comes next. And this is where it specifically explains the four attributes. And we have strength, which is melee damage that you inflict. Dexterity is your ability to hit an enemy and then trap disarming. And then intelligence is used for the magic power spell tree effectiveness. And wisdom is used for the willpower spells. They then offer three party makeup suggestions, kind of like their pro forma ideas of, of what you could go with. And the first is standard. This is a fighter, a cleric, a thief, and a wizard. I would definitely call that standard. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's actually that's what's on the cover. I didn't even think about it, but that's exactly what's on the cover. It is. (laughs) So all (laughs) the more standard. And they have magical emphasis, which is two wizards and two clerics. And that sounds that sounds like a four four black mage party. (laughs) That sounds tough. Yeah, sounds like a tough startup cost or startup early trajectory. Hey, you probably oh, yeah, they, they even mentioned that there, yeah, duh. Yeah, and then there is combat emphasis, and, <laughs> and that's a fighter, a plaid, and a druid, and a wizard. And I feel like there is probably some FAQ out there with far better ideas than any of these three. Yeah. But I, this is where I really look forward to comparing our individual choices in this department, because again, there's just so much variance that hearing each other's like logic for why they chose what they chose is going to make for a very interesting conversation, I think. And I look forward to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, uh for um, party comparison. Yep. For sure. I mean, I was thinking as far as like, how, like it, you know, are, are the, just the pod mechanics of this, the, like, it's probably a little complex, I think, to try to chart all four characters for the four or for the three of us. But maybe we should, what I think, what I was going to propose was that we, our leader, our first, whatever we make our first character. And this is a big, well, no, I guess I can pick anyone. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. No. Cause then, cause obviously the way you slot them in the party order is going to that much more align the progression. Uh, and the, like the, the type of person, type of character you choose for that first slot makes it all the more comparison ready, you know, or comparison, um, not compliant but like uh, appropriate you know what i mean like comparing the fourth person in one party to the first person in another you're gonna have such it's gonna be so different that i don't know how useful a comparison is you know what i mean mm-hmm. so, so i was thinking maybe i would propose that that we would pick we could maybe 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 it's more interesting for us all to pick our because maybe there'll be more variants for that if we all pick our fourth and we compare our fourth throughout you know what i mean Oh, like we did for the for Dragon Warrior, you mean? Right, right, right. So the actual, the actual status charting being for just one of of the four, and we each pick the same party slot, though. You know, and I guess you know it can change throughout, so that fucks with that. idea. I mean, even if you compared the first one, you know, if if I picked a fighter and you picked a wizard as the first party member, yes, I mean, obviously there's the the danger aspect of you having your wizard in the front, but it, you know, it would still be interesting to compare, like you know it would still be interesting compared to stats yeah uh, I mean, the, in, the in chart my mind. the chart would probably look more interesting <laughs> that's what <laughs> there, i mean there, like there would, the, the, be bigger disparities for sure you know there would be data to glean from that right yeah sure.
1: but that's what you want to see though like if your party is like rolling across the map doing plus 100 damage each time and mine is doing plus one damage like that's going to be interesting to see you know like how and why you right
0: know? yeah and and how you reckon that you know it's, it's yeah. not that I mean, I, I should say, I don't know how this game works, I should preface it with that, but it's not that, like, you know, maximum damage, maximum melee damage output is the only way to play this game, mm-hmm. you know, and the data would represent that. Um, I will caution you all to not get too excited, because I can't stop thinking about that Ashes uh, character condition, so <laughs> our might not make it through you, you, this. You could, yeah, you could just have, yeah, just one of them just drop out, you know? Just bottoms out, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Slash of Very interesting. You know, we don't we don't have to make that decision now. I thought I would just throw that out out there once we get into once we actually create our characters, I guess or create our parties rather. It's probably a better time to reconvene next next episode to really decide what the choice is there. But I was just thinking that we should probably we could talk also about also maybe bang out like a 25 minute, a 30 minute, you know, party creation podcast. Mini pod, yeah, maybe. We'll see, uh-huh. we'll, we'll see how um, you know, we can kind of do our, our notes for the next because that's obviously going to be a big part of either the first intro into the game episode or yes, a standalone thing. Either way, we can kind of see how much we have after we we get going and, and make All the right. decision on that a full page charting the full spell trees for both magic and willpower appears next and i wouldn't say this is kind of a, after you know all this complexity we build up we have here i would kind of was kind of a little bit let down by the creativity in the spell systems it's it's like very stock medieval fantasy sorcery i would say you know, yeah yeah fire you know, <laughs> you know, like it's just a little weird. stronger
1: fireball little right. light like all right
0: yeah. and it, maybe we got spoiled with uh with all of the other um, systems in this game that we're not used to seeing, and then we figured like it'd be some ridiculously complex spell tree, and it's really just pretty standard. Case, yeah. Only so much space in the cart. The, a two-page Biciary closes the basic manual section out, and there are only 22 in total here, which seems to me, I didn't go back and count them, but it seems a little lower than Dragon Warrior looking at it here on the page, and I don't know, it's possible that it's not all the enemies you face, but if it is, it seems, again, a little bit under complex
1: yeah maybe it's just a little sample a little taste
0: Could be. although i mean early on and you know i mean you only get a few enemies you know, slimes and fucking with slimes and and drakes and then you go a little bit north you get ghosts finally but like it's pretty limited i guess in the beginning too but i was going to say like the beginning of this game when you first it's all skeletons when you are walk skeletons and goblins i think when you're walking around outside so it's, it definitely does not feel in the beginning of the game like you're going to get a bunch of variants because it is very, very limited there in the beginning. Gosh, I, I'm I'm seeing these experience rewards and man, I think we're in for it. <laughs> I really think we're in for it. Yeah, I would not argue with you. My expectation. I mean, fucking man of war. It looks very serious. Twenty experience. Yeah. Ugh. All right. But I, I, you know, and that's actually something that didn't occur to me that isn't in here. There are no. Experience charts. Yeah, I would love to see that, but I'm not going to look. at I don't know. Did I mention this earlier in the podcast? If I didn't, I'm going to mention it for a second time. Uh, I'm going to try and play this game without without consulting the internet really at all. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're only supposed really to happen? have it. Yeah, we're only. That's supposed a good, to have I guess it. I played Dragon Warrior where like I didn't need to consult because I my brain is the internet for that game. But... <laughs> right. Yeah, we should only be using this game mag. That's the idea. That we're, right. The game yep. mag, and I mean, I guess if we want to go back to. 1989 or before Nintendo powers you're welcome to you know uh, I'm I, gonna I'm calling a game counselor I, <laughs> I can find one of the ones that like have created a little bit of a public persona and just tweet them things <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually call them on a 1 900 number and be like hey can you give me the experience charts for all these characters and do it fast it's a 1 900 number okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was sending a letter to Nintendo asking for in return yeah six to eight weeks later I'll get just... it <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So, yeah, so so as far as this beastier goes, there's there's I would say there are charming little illustrations for the enemies, and I do like those. And there's a a smattering of useful statistics and such for each. That breaks them, it breaks the enemies up into categories, which I thought was kind of interesting. There's like giants, humans, devils, dragons, insects, insects, etc. And there is an A through E general difficulty system that it. Has, that they've created for, for the enemies with E being the lamest enemies, like the skeletons and the goblins in the beginning are E's, and you know, obviously, the more difficult things are A's. And they had list any special abilities they might have be it flame, poisonous, or there's one capable of theft. <laughs> <laughs> again, just like a it's like highly specific and very appropriate for the character, but like you know, I don't know, it's it's it, it's so I don't know, it just again, calls to. The level of depth they tried to put into this game, you know mm-hmm. like creating care like uh enemy class unique actions that otherwise are not present anywhere else in the game is a very it's a level of detail that you're just not getting you know from fancy or dragon warrior or any of those yeah they they almost they almost did this in in dragon warrior, but they they just kept it to like basically the classifications you know we we drew the outlines of. 10 different sprites, and then we gave each of those, you know, th- we just color them differently, and then <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> and like, yes, I know that dragons have like fire, but like, you know, come on, right? But yeah, this this is a little more involved, yeah. Yep, and then it lists HP and MP for each, although for MP, the only entries are none or all, all <laughs> and, uh, uh, infinite spell casting, right? <laughs> yeah, It's <laughs> probably what it is actually. And I honestly, didn't I even know make, that's like, what it is, but, but that's. <laughs> That's not the right... You don't need a You don't need a box for that. They either can <laughs> cast spells or they can't. It shouldn't, like, suggest that it's an amount. <laughs> or it just be spells, yes or no. Right. And they, as you mentioned, they list the XP awarded for each two. The paltry amounts in most cases. It's negligent. And, my, yeah, my biggest takeaway from this entire section of the booklet here is that you do not really need the instruction manual as well. They cover all the bases in this baby for the most part. There is. I don't know if you guys went back and looked at it. There is the tips for successful adventure section in the manual, but it, it's mostly just warning, uh, like letting you know that you're playing an RPG and you need to approach it accordingly. <laughs> it's like very general, broad <laughs> thing that, like, you're kind of fucked. FYI, I don't know. I don't know what your expectations it must are. I'm going suck here. for you. <laughs> you're ready to grind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I've I not looked at the manual, but I'm going to because I think I'm gonna if I'm not using the internet I'm gonna need all the help I can get for this game exactly yeah. it's it's, wor- it's definitely worth g- yeah just to take a look at because that's kind of generally about this you know, we're about to get into kind of the, the 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 real meat of this book but it's not it doesn't like yeah you know, the, the verbiage I used when we were talking offline was like connective tissue it's it's very like individual units of information that are very specific to very specific parts of the game. Like, there are no, like, broad, like, you should maybe approach the game with this these kind of overarching ideas that are maybe more applicable for that tips for a successful adventure section that would be in a manual, you know what I mean? So, yes. yeah, it's it just kind of like the general... Getting as much... Wrapping your mind around the idea of just kind of the headspace you need to be in to play this specific RPG is, is probably... The, the best you're going to glean from that is going to be reading every word in the, <laughs> in the manual and in the in the and this book to just kind of get your in the right mindset, you know what I mean, to solve yes. the problems that it's going to pose for you. It's also worth saying that they tease the hint book on the last page of the manual. So they it, both knew this was coming and intended for it to be a companion piece. You know, there was they uh, that almost suggests to me that they expect that you can't play this game without this book.
1: yeah which is interesting considering this is the third game in the series so I, i i would think on one hand that they would assume that you have some people coming to it because they've heard of it and played the original two you know what i mean and at the same time we're trying to branch out to this wide new customer base on the nes
0: right well i mean yeah you know i i bet i don't know man i don't think there was a lot of overlap of pc gamer and console gamer at the time, like it you was know, not back really. then. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think there was a the, the Venn diagram of that has much overlap because <laughs> yeah, it's like consoles, like that was that was like the price point of PCs back then was you know it was just so far out of the realm of possibility for my family. Like we were just we were not getting you know in the in the in the mid to early eighties or, or mid to late eighties like the idea of having a computer like. A, a kid having that at his house to me was like mind blowing. Like David Camargo yeah. Jab had, it was like a shitty old, I don't even know. It was worse than like a, I've actually looked up what they're called. They're called like fucking, they got a crazy ass name. But they, I mean, it was like, a, it was a monochrome, it, it almost looked like a fucking 1950s missile launch fucking uh, <laughs> command center, you know, like, like okay. a, a super small monochrome display. And it had four 5.5, 5.5 floppy disks things around it i don't believe it had a hard drive of any kind and it you know shitty old keyboard it was like then with the monochrome was like that orange monochrome too which is even weirder than the green monochrome you know like super weird ass computer and like even that to me was fascinating man like i would you know we would go in there into his mom's office and just like mom or whoever whoever's office it was and like just fucking turn it on and like put discs in and like <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, like no idea how to make it actually function how it was probably intended. And I remember probably was deleting like, all our fucking work and <laughs> shit. Yeah, who the hell knows? You know, but like You're just yeah, our
1: Oregon Trail game is what you do. Right. Uh, well, okay. yeah.
0: See, that's the thing. That or or at school, obviously, you had the options at school for nice. the the uh, the were they the, were they compacts? Were the one so It was like a. I think so. With the with like the rainbow, yeah, compact, yeah, uh, icon. Yeah, I think I like so. It. And and then obviously Apple twos. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. B- back in that day, you basically had to like go to like you had to go to someone's house who had a computer, and that someone had to be basically rich, right? <laughs> yeah, like upper middle class at the least. So like, yeah, I feel like like uh, like Ted's one of Ted's friends would have had a computer. Not this early. I mean, eighty. Yeah, yes. I mean, if, I got that. One of Ted's friends played the the other, the first two Ultima games on his personal computer at home back in 1981. I believe. For sure. I bet Tony. I bet Tony. Tony is who I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Tony. Yeah, he was a, a, an early and early early mover gamer and and very into it for sure. Uh, I, to, I actually have to ask him when his first what his first. Tony's probably was. why we play RPGs, isn't he? He's. It's definitely. I mean, he he got me into Genesis. And he definitely got me into PC gaming for sure. He was the catalyst in that group that got like, he was the one that that I'm sure made Ted, Ted aware of Wolfenstein and why I was playing Wolfenstein at uh, at Ted's house on that PF, that IBM PS2 he had and that I eventually got. And yeah, Tony was the one that, that got us into fucking Doom and I was deathmatching with and Heretic and Hexen and all that shit. All okay. that stuff was with Tony mostly or very early on. So I would bet he had some sort of, Early, early computer. Maybe that would fit into this era. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, you know, he was someone who too. I, th- I think he had uh, his his mother might have passed, and he. I think he. I think he had a little bit of dough from something that oh. would have given him play money in what would have been, you know, his mid twenty, early to mid twenties, or something. And that, you're definitely getting a dope ass computer then. Exactly. you know, if you're if you're in games for sure, and he was he was definitely that. Yeah. So. But yeah, generally speaking, I wouldn't say many people, many kids that we would envision playing on NES at this time would have had access to a computer that could run fucking all <laughs> the yeah. That is the battle theme and it gets us into the guide to location section and that opens with a two-page illustrated map of Susario and this is very well done I would say it's pretty cool looking and it's very in line with fancy game maps at the time I don't know something about it is like very you know they got that that ship in the water there and not just like it tries to make it look like a pirate map or something you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like an old-timey map cartography and, uh, more than a map and I know that's literally the same thing but I think you know what I mean yes for sure uh, yeah it's depicting yeah so it, it has the castle a bunch of cities and caves and some light as you just were talking about light terrain notations and it has a bunch of the Moongate locations too which will surely be helpful in deciphering that messy system so I was glad that those were here and a general note on the overall layout it is very much a pangea less of a continental feel to it as i would say dragon warrior has you know so it could just be the generality of the map and in game it will not be such a prominent thing or or maybe uh, as i'm expecting it to be in that way but if it is we won't be able to rely on the ad the old adage of crossing bridges means more difficult enemies to mm. Um, let you know when the game's taken a step up, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe there will be like natural zones where it'll be easy to, easier to tell.
0: Maybe, maybe we shall see. I've never—I I don't know. Like I can't. Like, that's like all the—you know—played this game much times, and like my memory, I have no recollection of getting anywhere, anywhere. Like where they—I couldn't see the castle.
1: <laughs>
0: right. I'm, I'm pretty. Like I basically here's what I know that I've done in this game. I know that I've created a party. I know I've gone outside the castle. I know I've died. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Love it. We are then given two pages each on Lord Bruce's castle, then ten cities found on the map, as well as a location called Ambrosia that I do not believe is a town. So, each one of these two page subsets here has a certain structure to it. And uh, the first full page has a large map showing key interest points in the location and they're illustrated, but they're illustrated on a grid. So like, it's almost like having screenshots, I would say of, of the, the cities or the locations. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I guess what the, the point of that being that it, you can tell scale, you know, which is important, I think. So a short paragraph titled "Adventurer's guide, and these act as like a general description of the town. And then there is a small overworld map showing the location's place on it down below that. So that's, of course, helpful so you know what the fuck you're looking at and or where the fuck you're looking at. And a one point, it's hyphenated, that is a hint about something that can be found here. That's just kind of like a random thing that they thought maybe you might want to know. And then the second page is three or four suggestions about things you should look for and or do in the location. So... This is structured as a bit of a spoiler-free hint book, I guess, typing into the actual <laughs> phrasing used. Hint book is obviously not strategy guide. That's a different thing. So, you know, that's kind of – it makes me think more of some of those old PC hint books where – this might be before you guys fucking got, got anywhere near a PC. But, like, some of those, like – I remember having like, some of those old King's Quest hint books and stuff where, like, you they, they literally came with those pens and, like – they would have a question in them and with a what appeared to be a blank space below it. And if you like if you were stuck, you could go in and look at the questions in the book. And if the question related to where you were stuck, you could use the pen and it would show what the, like, the answer to the question of where you were stuck. You know, and it's kind of like it basically like piecemeals out information and allows you to just refer to it when necessary, as opposed to. The more traditional strategy guide thing where you're just kind of like it's taking you through the story step by step you know what i mean
1: i like that i like the
0: the difference there yeah Yeah, for sure so i think that's a very deliberate choice here and yeah yeah anytime fucking it's i talk all that shit about fucking how your your hand is held these days i'm i'm uh, in full support when when even og games take extra special steps to to do it the right way in that regard so I figure, yeah, as far as how we approach this book and particularly this specific episode, we can just go over Lord British's Castle specifically here and then dive more into these the cities thereafter as we encounter them in our playthrough and make kind of what's talked about in the book there part of those episodes. So
2: Sounds
0: good. Lord British's Castle specifically, the adventures guide reads, Lord British's Castle is an important resource point for the party. This location is where British rewards characters with experience. He promotes the characters to a higher level and increases his or her hit points up to a maximum of 2,550. Holy shit. (laughs) When the character accumulates enough experience points. The inn, where players can save the game, is also located nearby, as is the hospital. So, yeah, that's a lot of hit points. I think, do we start with 150, or is that the food? I feel like we might start with 150. So,
1: If that's the case, that's a lot of grinding, man. A
0: lot of going back to Lord British. Right. Well, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, you know, we don't have experience charts or anything, so we don't know what the jumps are a level of level. But there is a point somewhere here. and We haven't gotten to it yet, but there is some mention. I think when we're talking about Exodus Castle, it mentions that you need to, you like you basically in the book here it says you need to max out. There's no oh, going to the Dragon yeah. Lord at level. 19, oh, really? Yeah. You need to oh, max I the fuck out. It Yeah. So. So I can't fight the the big bad guy butt naked. Yeah, well, you can. You, you can try. The DM will let you. You can roll the <laughs> dice if you want. <laughs> you waste a few months of your life, but go for it. Yeah. It's your life after all. Uh, so the one point reads, a doctor in the castle treats people who suffer from illness or poison. He also gives blood to patients who need it. And an instruction manual check did nothing to confirm it, but I believe giving blood equates to healing. So that's like the idea, like you, a mm. blood transfusion is how you heal. hmm the three suggestions that are specific to the castle here are... the num- Number one is explore the castle with magic keys. There are nine locked doors here. Some of the things listed behind them are a mysterious fortune teller, frightening dungeon, that's plural, and treasure chests, and people with important clues, and even a ghost ship. And yeah. I've never even thought about paying for one of those fortune tellers before playing in the game. So... I mean, it probably simple. Stems- out... What's
1: that? You said like you were missing out.
0: Right. Well, clearly. Yeah. But I mean, I would say it probably stems from my real world utter disdain for the horse pucky profession, <laughs> <laughs> but uh Fair enough. Fair enough. yeah, so yeah, I've never even thought about spending money on this, you know, and there's a lot of talk in here that I think that, yeah, it's a huge mistake. I think it's a big part of your ability to progress in this game is utilizing those. So definitely will want to find that one specifically, I imagine I fucking and, guarantee you the first time we do it. It's like we're, we're going to go to a fortune teller and we're going to be like, pay the hundred gold for the first clue, and it's going to be like, talk to people to learn more. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to die a little more than yeah. I already am. Yeah, I almost want to say that you, know, you might want to, <laughs> it might make sense to start with the expensive one and work your way down as opposed to vice versa. Can yeah. you do that?
2: Mm. Uh, be, I don't know. A That's a good question.
0: I think you, yeah, I think they just have different amount. like they cost more. So, if you can, I'm definitely utilizing that option. Right, I but maybe not though, because by the like by the time you earn 900 gold at Lord British's castle, you know you might already know the fucking 900, and then that's even worse, you know. I guess, but you won't know. There's no like, there's no guarantee that the information provided is immediately purposeful. Also, that's that's true, but I also cannot give up the fact that this is going to be shit like, use the A button to enter commands. <laughs> <laughs> Possible. Let's we'll see what happens. I, I was actually... <laughs> I was going to actually suggest that we... Like, we divide up... Like, we divide and conquer on that. You know? Like, we each pick... Uh, yeah. Assuming that we don't have to progress all the way through the tree, one by one, that you can just pick whichever one you want, that we divide it up in some sort of numerically balanced way and we share... We... we we. uh create an insider trade the info yeah create a collective (laughs) um yeah put it it in the cloud we'll put it in the the so cloud (laughs) well especially since uh i can well jerry and i can uh we we can grind at a much higher pace than you so yeah that's very true what are you gonna do i'm guessing the keys are found later in the game and you have to circle back just like dragon warrior the way this is described you know yeah I imagine I don't recall getting any fucking keys in this game, so I imagine something you'd later and come back. Number two on the list is try to get information from the people in and around the jail. So this is like a very specific intel sourcing suggestion. And this paragraph is either a total fucking translation mess or intentionally vague to a fault. So it reads, there are four jails here. As soon as you're able to find some charred areas in a maze... Talk to the two people who are surrounded by volcanic rock and other barriers. They hold vital information about the mystery town, Dawn. If you need any other information, go to Death Gulch. (laughs) It sounds like a a schizophrenic talking to you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's too much jumping around there for that all to necessarily be connected. But we shall see. And the last, the third one says, again, talking about the fucking fortune tellers, just the mention is constant solve mysteries at the fortune teller and there it says yeah it says five clues available from her ranging from 100 to 900 gp and you know way well, yeah the way it talks about it i'm guessing that you can just pick any one so that is the castle and the rest of the locations are covered in similar fashion uh, yeah, you can actually buy. I I just put my blind ass eyes up to the screen, and I can see that you can select either like 100, 300, 500 or seven hundred gold pieces right. at the fortune teller. So yeah, you can. Thankfully, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to communicate and divide, and then and and share screenshots so we're right. not pissing away time and money. Yep. On that. So yeah, the, I mean the 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 castle. It, it, it's we haven't mentioned it yet either, but I, just looking at the screenshots for this brings it up. There's there's a fog of war, in this game, anywhere like where whether I, I you know the uh, on the overworld I think it's applicable, but you can't. can't can't see everything all that. like if you if your characters theoretically couldn't see it from their vantage point you can't see what's there, you know, which is very important you get in the overworld and like, like I said the enemies are wandering around visibly so you don't you know if you go around a mountain range or whatever you're they not might creep that- up on you. Right, yeah, you don't know that anything's there, and you can get yourself like, very frequently. They they're placed in a way that will try to corner you, so you can't avoid the 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 battles entirely. You know, you're going to get stuck no matter what. So oh. there's definitely designer effort to utilize that fog of war as such. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's the castle. It's like they you know they got the got the towers going on in each corner, and got the moat around it. Like it's very. Looks very similar, actually, to uh, Dragon Warrior One Castle, and probably every castle ever. <laughs> was, yeah, I mean, to which my follow up to myself was, I mean, if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure, sure. Yeah, they even got like the stock little uh, fountain there in the middle. You know, <laughs> I do like that they have the uh, the moat touches the castle at some places. Yeah, uh, that and- it's not. Per- yeah, that it's not like. It's not perfect, you know. It's, also, it's, denoting it's, that, like, you know, that could be like an area where, you know, um, human waste is dumped out. Or, yep, for sure. Know, sure, yeah. Well, and, you know, and it, there's, there's, there's the in the bottom left there. There's that park area that you know. I think that's where the actually. I think that's where the fortune teller is. And uh, you know, it's got the, it's got the little moat around that. And there's like a little fucking. It's got the fountain in the middle. So yeah, it, it, you know, clearly it would it would be used utilizing the surrounding water driver's some sort of function in the hassle. Theme getting us into the guide to the dungeons starting on page 54. And the way these work, they there's seven dungeons that are covered, each getting one page of attention. And each dungeon seemingly has exactly eight 15 by 15 levels, with all eight levels getting a precise graph paper like map in here. So I don't know, that kind of sucks, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it seems deep. I don't know.
0: Well, see, well, I don't mean that. I mean how formulaic it is, you know? Like, yeah. part of the... What makes dungeons interesting is the unknown whatever about it. And, like, yes, there's still some, like, you know, you gotta, like, figure out where the stairs are, and I'm sure you have to go up and do the up and down thing to get to certain parts of certain levels and all that. So it's not like you fucking... It's just, like, a straight shot through each one of these, but still, the fact that you know it's exactly 15 fucking paces
1: dude i don't i don't know what you mean I'm, I'm looking at this and each of these caves looks so different and not remotely similar that i think when you're going through it considering the view that we're using i think it's still going to feel freaking confusing and like <laughs> yeah that's I, a good
0: point I actually agree <laughs> there. Cool I think the only reason out. you say that is because you're seeing them laid out right in front of you like this. Very true, but that's that's yeah. that is what I mean. Though that, that this is given to you here, so you know this, you know. Um, that's true though, and, and honestly, we haven't talked about it yet, but the they're not the dungeons are 3D view, which is you know. I was just gonna say I I literally did not know that was a thing, and then I I was when I was digging through this, I was like, oh, wizardry. Yeah, exactly. Like actually. Yep, and it's they're not particularly. You know, it's it's kind of got the same problems that you have with all these early attempts at this kind of thing. You know, it's it's a little non, it's very nondescript. There's nothing discernible about anything, and you're kind of just. It's the same thing. It's just every step is the same. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at the you know the dungeon view, the wizardry view here, the first person. And I'm looking at the right side of the screen, seeing all the, like, you know, the letters and numbers and shit that denote, basically, you know, your character's status. If you didn't play video games, that would just look like typos. <laughs> <laughs> it was like pure gibberish. Yeah, okay. Like, CLRC, what word is that? Me and you know for sure it's Cleric, but, like, that means nothing to normal people.
2: Right. <laughs> So,
0: yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I don't think I ever got into a dungeon. To... I know, no way that I did. Um, I don't know. I'm fucking worried. Very worried. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it, I will definitely have my fucking graph paper out, though, mapping the shit out of these babies for sure. <laughs> so, I look forward to that aspect of it, I guess, at least. It's a lot in level eight level. It, it, it does, the one upside to the formulaicness of these is that one of the shits of, of mapping things for Dragon Warrior yeah, Fantasy Star, same thing, is like when you, you know, sitting there with the graph paper in front of you, you have to make your starting position in a you place. You have to pick it well. Right. Or you end up working yourself to the edge of the graph paper, and for an anal ten BB stacker like me, that is like apocalyptically a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you're always like, you want it to be in the middle, and you know, but I also the the, the same char- genetic characteristic that makes me upset about having to go off the edge of the graph paper also doesn't want to waste space. So, <laughs> so, right. So you know, knowing exactly what each grid I can make a system where an exact number will go and will all look uniform throughout all my mappings makes me a little happy for sure. Yeah. That aspect you can, you can definitely you could you could fit like four levels on each piece of paper right. each level separated by three blank spaces right uh, you know in between and then on the top to the bottom you had more space so it behooved you to separate them by five spaces I yeah. <laughs> each level also gets a brief blurb about what to expect and or points of interest in it and a few of them do have screenshots which you know that uh, points out the stuff we were just talking about about the 3d aspect of it that's kind of it as far as what's all you can really say about these like you know the like I don't know this Golden Cave one. I guess we can kind of mention some of the specific things. Like, like each it it's like each level gets a brief blurb, not just the overall cave. So like you know, this Golden Cave is the first one here, and level one reads the mark of the king must be somewhere on this level. And it's like again you know hint book type shit. It's not the mark of the king is here on on the you know say so it's just oh, yeah. giving you like a big idea of what needs to be happening here. So. Damn, Partially got, nice? Actually, probably frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel like I'm going to be spending a lot of time in these caves. Straight yeah, up.
0: <laughs> I know I will, because I'll be fucking mapping them. <laughs> I'll be fucking at them forever. Yeah. So. Oh my yeah. god, you will. Holy shit. Yeah. So level two reads, there are many poison fountains, as well as fountains for recovering hit points on this level. So, uh, how fucked is that? That, like, you're just randomly slurping up whatever's in these fucking fountains and might poison you, might heal you (laughs) like no discerning characteristics to determine either way you just gotta try fucking try to drink out of this fountain and the fucking goblins dumped a couple of dead goats down there now you're sick shits, the level 3 reads the ladder in the middle of this of the level goes straight through from the second level to the 8th level so like lets you jump through. Oh, that's all crucial the information. Shit. So now, level four, there is a considerable treasure available here. You can collect almost a thousand gold pieces. Woohoo! Level five, the careful. What the fuck does that say? I gotta Be careful of the connected loop. Uh, what are you looking at? <laughs> fucking, it's. I just have it. I don't have it. Uh, Minimized too much to be able to read what the hell it says. Ah, okay. I actually have mine zoomed in. Like I can't see shit. Level 6, a strange breeze blows through this level. What a weird clue that is. Mm. Level 7, trap level. The only trap. item of value is the treasure chest. Jesus, God. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, what does that even mean? Level 7, trap level. Uh, oh, no, that's why I Level 8, there are many hidden doors on this level, as well as the mark of fire. Also look for cure and recovery fountains. So yeah, they have the key here. Yellow indicates visible doors. Black indicates hidden doors. Ah. Mm. Indicates staircases. Oh my God! And I I see staircases behind hidden doors. Oh. Yeah. God, can you imagine? Man, what the? Look how many! Like, look how many hidden doors there are. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh fuck! Gonna be brutal. Okay, so moving on from the dungeons, we have a beautifully illustrated page titled "The Final Assault Against Exodus," and then they then provide a, a checklist to tend to prior to entering Exodus's castle. Uh, first thing here, and they have the, the the checklist is: Have you reached the maximum possible character level? Like, Maximum. That's a lot of grinding. <laughs> and the next one is, do you have the magic armor and the almighty sword? And I don't know if that is applicable to everyone, or it's just the one item, kind of like Excalibur and Final Fantasy. you know, it's, you know I, I look forward to finding out what that means exactly. Do you have the mark of the snake? And we yeah you know, we had you know we talked about these in the fucking caves here. Like I don't remember exactly what the how many there are or anything, but yeah, there are these marks that you have to get. Kind of like, I guess it reminds me of the crests from Dragon Warrior 2, you know, Yeah. that are like part of the character building that you have to accomplish to get to the fucking end. Mm-hmm. And the next check, the next bullet point is, did you get the four pieces of the card? Very big. <laughs> and then the last one is blow the silver horn. A snake slithers into the ocean when a melody is played on the silver horn. And this is the only thing on the list that is a directive, not a question. Hmm the bottom quarter of the page is showing where the castle is located on the overworld map and the island on the overworld map that we looked at already of cesaria in the southwest corner you can see an illustrated snake there guarding the river inlet that leads into the island like the only way into the island so i mean they reiterate right here that blowing the horn to get rid of that snake and it has me thinking that that was probably something that was very that is that will be very poorly conveyed in the game itself. That they had to reiterate it twice here on the on the one page. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they probably did a very poor job of, of communicating that in the game. I, I don't know. I was pretty impressed with the uh, with, with Dragon Warrior uh, getting the Rainbow Bridge up with the the on-screen display. So so maybe they'll impress us. Yeah, I guess that's not. Yeah, that was not totally opaque for sure so maybe and it's also but counterpoint it's also not as if dragon warrior has anything to do with this game (laughs) right so it's unrelated entirely enix and fci are very different right to say the least Uh, and i think you know enix also had working with nintendo of america on that too so i don't think fci had the same level of hand-holding. <laughs> they, they didn't have access to uh, top-of-the-line animators. Right. Well, uh, anime, but just also like, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo of America with Dragon Warrior was, like, trying to create, like, to carve out this new genre in a new market. Like, they probably paid a lot of attention to, like, detail and, like, quality and, you know, there's various aspects that would keep the thing from fucking nosediving. diving <laughs> right. it's, it's hard enough now don't give it shitty graphics too right right so you know fci again maybe didn't have as much they didn't give a shit so they follow that up with a two-page map of exodus castle which is totally unmarked and you know le- leaving um Playing to the imagination. And there is nothing here tip-wise. Just a short blurb expressing the difficulty and like a little bit of a firing up to like <laughs> get you razzed. So you're full full bore ahead to try to fucking conquer this thing. And they also down below have a masthead and a full pager FCI NES uh, game ad to, to close shit out. And a super fun fact I noticed in the masthead. The FCI headquarters address given here is uh, is 150 East 52nd Street in NYC, and I lived at 331 East 52nd Street for a few years in the early 20 oh. teens. So, I like I basically walked by this building on a daily basis on my way to the sixth train J. So, I, I'm curious to know whether they're still there, <laughs> or we're, at least we're there at the time, you know? Or what's there now because it's probably re- something really funny. like man this this used to be this was the building where a game like a an important formative game from my childhood was was created oh what's there now oh it's a shitty sushi place right yeah well i'm sure all the buildings in that neighborhood have a shitty sushi place downstairs so that probably was there then and now in fact i know for a fact at least across the street there's a shitty sushi place (laughs) there you go yeah, it Go, goes fact. to show that uh, shitty sushi has more staying power than. This uh... <laughs> more timeless than fucking F- than, than, bad video game developers than bad <laughs> RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The five games highlighted on the FCI ad are Hydlide, which is uh, like a uh, just a notoriously horrible RPG effort, or action adventure ish RPG type effort, a little more Zelda, I think, than than RPG, but nonetheless in, in the vein. So FCI has already kind of failed at this. And then Dr. Chaos, which is a super shitty game too. Seacross and MagMax, both like just awful games. And then Lunar Pool, which, which is actually happens to be good. the best game ever. Yeah, it's a pretty fucking good game. Yeah. I fucking love Lunar Pool, dude. Yeah, super good. I have the cart. This is, this. is It's incredible. Game. And that's yeah, Ted's game, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Unfortunately, Jay, and you know, we might be able to source a better one, I don't know, but the the um, the rom in that rom collection is fucked up for Lunar. Oh, yeah. so we can't even try it on there so we can't you know there may be a better a fixed one out there somewhere by now that i could, that we can hunt down but we can't just jump on and try it at least with the existing uh, library we have but yeah very good like super fun two player game it's like a very it's uh, like the idea is that you're you're playing pool on the moon or something like you basically can adjust the gravity and the the friction of the table you know you have you have more power physics physics in the game and then the tables themselves the first one is a standard pool table but moving through the game each table becomes uh, a different shape and and often the pockets are in more protected corners and like the 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 geometry of the table is completely uh, changed you know so the Yeah, the angular aspect of or the, or the use of the angles on the table and the way you hit the ball become increasingly difficult basically as you play the game. So it's yeah, it's like a I think I'm much... like much a putt putt kind of yep. like I, as you go through the holes they get more difficult and more tricky and you know, you got to hit it through the maze and shit. So yep. yeah. But it, it's really good, man. I love that game. Yep. Amy and I I just exposed Amy to it for we were just randomly playing. I don't know if you, I think we were playing Dig Dug 2 maybe back when we were Dig Dug twoing, Jay. And and we were just, we had the NES out and we were playing Dig Dug 2, so we just like jumped over to another game and I exposed her to it and she actually kind of liked it. I think she, she was better than me at it. Funny enough. <laughs> 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 really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so that's... And then Did you Zanuck. mention the last game uh, besides Lunar Pools. Is, what is it? Zanuck. Also. oh, It's like an awful... I think that's... Seacrest and Zanuck are games I can never in my memory differentiate. One of them is like this really bad kind of Tronny bicycle race or... or motorbike like futuristic motorbike racing game,
1: you know? That's they, like, think or what? Is it? See, I yeah. can't
0: never differentiate. They're the same fucking thing in my mind. So the fact they're from the same developer is even funnier. They're both trash too. And then and then this one is fucking your favorite genre of games, which is space shooter. Magmax or Xanac? Xanac. <laughs> Magmax is also a shitty space shooter. It's like a robot space shooter, I believe. Like I mean that's what Xanac looks like to. I've never played it. I don't know anything about it, but like I see a spaceship and I see a techno alien. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, all bad. yeah, all the FCI's games are terrible except for Liverpool, basically, and hopefully, not, and hopefully, Altima. <laughs> I bet Ultima's good. Yeah. So oh, I mean, that's the fucking hint book, man. What What do you guys think? What do you I mean? I made my fucking position pretty clear. I think this is going to be tough. <laughs> Even with the book, I think this is going to be a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, I think. It would, I think. I think none of us will. Uh, not that we're necessarily trying. I try a little too much, and I'm trying to avoid that now. I'm doing it on my Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic play, Knights of the Old Republic Two playthrough. Currently, I'm trying to not min-max so much. But I don't think any of us will min-max. Uh, I think that we won't really understand the, um, the, the 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 combinations of parties and races and classes and whatnot well enough on this go through.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm feeling a little, a little overwhelmed, but at the same time, like excited, but also wanting to pursue the min max. I'm like, okay, so I gotta have this and this, but okay, Mm -hmm. how does this work together? And just like, I feel myself starting to just stress out about like making sure my party is the most optimal party that can be, you know? Right. (laughs) So we'll see. I got a lot of time spent ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I think, think I'm gonna it, try and role play a little bit and uh, like you know avoid some of the min max. I'm gonna put restrictions on myself, which is crazy because I don't know anything about this game. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna role play a little bit. Yeah, I am. I think I'm really setting myself up for a motherfucker here by playing it on OG hardware. Is what I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that too. Yeah, I think there's gonna be probably numerous, but no question, one moment where I am just like sitting in my living room near tears <laughs> you're well, gonna have some, your heart broken i assure you yeah about some realization where i made some wrong turn and i have to do something that being able to load state would just save like a day of my life <laughs> <laughs> like a full 24 hours of my life oh my
1: god yeah, yeah
0: just like thinking like oh if i hadn't have done that i could have done my laundry today <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i have no clothes to wear tomorrow that's why I mean I think I think bigger than that I think like if I hadn't done that I might have been able to retire a year earlier in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you I mean you have access to the same hardware we do so Yeah but I have the card I, I just can't I have the card like I just can't not I have the card I just can't It makes not. sense and it's Ted's like I, I get it you you yeah. should play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not my problem you should definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really hard for you and not me you should do it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, yeah, the like the, like I, I I can't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to talk us into it within the rules that we've jammed ourselves into on this, but like the, yeah, you know, getting a little more awareness of the the, the character, you know, what, I don't know, I can't imagine that any, of the, like, that any of the characters are so highly specific. Like you mentioned with the chemist, like with, with Final Fantasy Tactics. I don't even know that exact reference you're making. But, you know, you said you're like, without it you're fucked at some point. But that's because I imagine some sort of highly specialized thing that that character can do that changes your experience in the game. Like I can't fathom that any of these characters have enough specificity to genuinely change... What is available to you in the game, the the path, the paths available to you in the game. You know, like yeah, the the thing I think of that's a, a little more uh, timely to, to what we're playing here, Maniac Mansion. Like there are you like if you don't have the guy who fixes the phone, you can't do the the storyline. Mm-hmm. Cannot where you use the phone to call the fucking publisher or whatever it is, and like, you cannot do that. So right. like I can't imagine any of these characters have that level of specialized input on the on your path of the game mm-hmm. but i still think there's probably you know some nuances that down the line you'll really be like fuck it would be really nice to be able to do that <laughs> that's i i actually i i feel similarly except i i'm kind of wondering if uh, part of me does believe that like Especially in the early game, like I, for some reason, I think this game is going to be act like, you know, not just like, oh, motherfucker, I can't figure out what to do next. I feel like the battles are going to be hard. And I and I really think that it, at least in the early game, you actually might be restricted by your choices. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in the way like you in, know... the, the, the comparison would be like just real quick to like the chemist in Final Fantasy Tactics in the early game, it's the only character that can use items. And and, well, I actually can't remember if that's true or not. Everybody can use an item, but you can only use items on yourself, I think is what it is. The chemist can actually throw a potion. So like if you're 10 spaces away, it's not that, but you know, if you're away from him, he can actually cure you from afar. So, and like, if you take that chemist out and like, you don't need him later in the game, but if you take him out early in the game, no, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think buddy. like the way, you know, I, the way, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the attribute is, but it's like, a. I I usually approach these things from a more, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I go through a dungeon or do any kind of map or whatever. Like I, I don't go to the, like, I don't leave unexplored wings on a map. Like I want to look at everything and make sure I'm not missing anything. Mm-hmm. One. It's the efficiency. I don't want to have to come back and reduce shit. So that's part of it. And two, I don't want to put myself in a more precarious position than necessary by not having something in my inventory or acquired or whatever it might be when I could most optimally navigate a problem by having that thing that I didn't forego acquiring earlier you know what I mean so it's yeah. like this like I, I want to cover all Guy, like I'm a very I want to cover all my bases before I get to the next problem you know what I mean and I yeah, think sure. that will I, I think how I want to apply that tendency to the party thing is a very balanced approach where like I definitely want to have a thief I definitely want to be able to steal shit I, I definitely want to be able like i definitely want to have a, a spell caster for each type of of the two spell trees you know like i want to have all the different mechanics in the game available to me one way or another you know what i mean yeah. that makes sense i don't think i'm gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> okay. and what the fuck is a lark we gotta talk about that, that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's like yeah i was i i was actually said as we started this conversation i was kind of thinking like maybe i kind of want to like Maybe we should right now go to the thing and just predict, without further exploration of mm-hmm. what those characters can do, just predict what our parties will be. And then once we get into it and start actually making hard choices based on numbers and such, what you actually came up—what we with. actually end up came, come up with—it we'll it might be—it might be a funny comparison. It might be right in line with what I'm. I'm unemployed, so I can do it. <laughs> all right yeah uh do you want to you want to go first um let me get to that screen yeah, I'm trying to get it, so. <laughs> okay let's see okay let's go um okay so the, okay i will go first uh, the, the first thing that i'm noticing uh jumps right off the screen fighter weapons all armor all you don't want to be the asshole carrying around the best sword in the game with nobody that can pick it up <laughs> <laughs> yep and they even so, mentioned that. What's that? What was that sword they mentioned? The all in, in the Exodus section, they mentioned that one specific sword. Like the, if you don't have someone who can wield that, can everyone wield that, or is that that's limited? You know. Are they talking about the mystic sword? I think that's. I think they called it the all-powerful sword. Right. And if they did, they, did they proper noun that? Mm-hmm. See, these are the things you got to know, Jerry, when you play RPGs. <laughs> Proper <laughs> nouns are very important. Let's see here, checklist that. Damn, dude, when I change the. Ca- fuck, it's, pro- it's It's pronoun, dude. Yeah, for sure. Almighty oh. sword. All three are capitalized. Oh shit. Magic armor is capitalized, and and then the all the Almighty sword. Okay, so. I mean you just got to have somebody that can at least use all of the the weapons. You cannot have the best weapon and not use it. As as a regular rule and then the and then this book specifically tells you not to do that. So, I'm probably going to have to have a I'm probably going to have at least I'm going to have a fighter and that will be probably a dwarf or A human, I'll probably make it human because sometimes I can be a little racist about my first character. (laughs) Um, This is where I think I'm going to try and make it interesting. I'm going to go, I I think I'll go with a wizard so I can have access to all of the uh, magic tree. I think I'm going to then go with a ranger. Yeah, see, I like rangers a lot too. I like to use that as my fighter. But oh have... god, I that's the thing. Like, I don't there's a big I don't like half ass measures, and half of the will and half the magic is kind of a half ass, yeah. The red wizard is useless, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I'm telling you, I'm gonna pick the red wizard, the ranger here, because I think I'm going to specifically avoid a cleric or a paladin. Okay, I think I'm gonna, I'm this is gonna sound really stupid, but I'm gonna avoid field healing, generally from my party. So I think I'm going to be at a human fighter, probably a human ranger, and then I think a fuzzy wizard, who I may name Fuzzy in honor of our family's friend, (laughs) Fuzzy. And then I think for my fourth... Oh, boy. Um, I mean, you're thinking... Paladin or cleric, of course. Barbarian Lark has all weapons. Yeah, that's interesting. And I was but it's thinking, armor to cloth only. How weird! And half the magic, like what the fuck? You could easily see that being like a. I'm basically playing with three people at this point. If you have a wizard, yeah, you definitely want. I would. We say you don't. You want to avoid field healing, though. But yeah, I would say with the wizard, I wouldn't be like a half magic is going to be probably borderline useless with having a. That's wizard what I mean. I actually uh, this. Okay, so maybe, maybe uh human fighter, human ranger, fuzzy wizard, and I'll throw this out there. Ah, that one sucks though uh maybe maybe another fuzzy wizard, two black mages okay I can, sorry, it, I took so long on that like it, I, I will take longer if you let me <laughs> It fits into the box I'd give you, okay jay do you need more time or are
1: you <laughs> no man i was I, i'm already ready to go i'm thinking <laughs> i'm thinking fighter,
0: definitive over here <laughs> this just goes this just goes to show that you've not played enough rpgs because you <laughs> need to delve into these options
1: i'm thinking fighter ranger cleric and wizard right now what races uh, i don't know we'll figure that out later See what I'm talking about yeah, <laughs> yeah, so you don't know shit.
0: Whichever ones are most appropriate? That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I could actually does, role play. That requires
1: actual study. There. That's you know.
0: <laughs> I could actually role play um different uh, races that shouldn't be there, like a bobbit fighter or something. All right. All right. All right. It, I know, might look into that. Could. That could that could yield results because you you know the.
2: Well, I don't know. Bobbitt
0: fighter is a bad example, but if you did, like, a Bobbitt ranger, for instance, that could be interesting. Right. But, like, the, you know, the idea of, you know, basically hedging the weaknesses of the occupation as opposed to playing into right. the strengths, you know, is, is a different – and, like, how that would play out over the long haul,
1: hard to see. say.
0: Yeah, hard to say, but it, it could it could prove beneficial in an unexpected way, you know? hmm so what are you thinking? What's your initial thoughts? First thing, thief. I want to, like I said, I I want to be able to steal just in case it is like. Can't a, everyone steal though? Ah, uh, maybe. But I want to be. Character was useful for stealing important items. I don't know, man. I mean, says, yeah, that stamped out pretty. Uh, <laughs> I think like, I also may, and I we'll have to talk about this maybe off off uh, line or whatever you want to call this. But um, I might. Like fire this up and like make a generic party and just like run through a few battles real quick and like walk through the world and just like see like can everyone steal if that's the case and the thief is just better at it then I can avoid the thief maybe you know what I mean? Bad idea, yeah. And that and that's I think that's totally that's 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 clearly fine. It's not like looking shit up on the internet. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, as far as my mind, it's, it's it's actually trying it. So yeah, I mean, I will tell you, I I know for for a fact like. Having played a few early instances of this game, willpower magic has undead uh fragging powers, and it's uh, right. the the spell. It's repel, maybe, or I don't know, whatever the spell is that affects undead in the early willpower spell system, mm. attacks all enemies as opposed to just one. And the like, the fireball wow. spell the wizard has is just a shoot the fireball at the one, you know, so like, basically, early on, not having a willpower spellcaster puts you at a massive disadvantage relative to having one, because you can attack all, you know. Well, my my immediate question is the, is, is what every good RPG expert should ask, which is, if you dispel the undead, do you get gold and experience for that because typically you don't that's a good question i don't know offhand i feel i think you do i, I want to say you do if you do that's huge yeah that's, i'll probably run a uh a clerk in a in an experiment just to see if that's the case yeah because that would change the calculus yep so yeah so definitely want to have a fee because I, I feel like that there's a possibility of that, that is just like a life hack for this game you know what i mean as far as acquisition of things and if you can especially if you can develop it I don't know if you could or not, but like, if you can develop that and make them better at it, or they get better at it as they raise levels, like that's even you know even more appealing to me. Right. Even, even if it's, uh, or rather, if it is just like a baseline heightened ability for it, that's cool too. But the if you can develop that, that's really appealing. So yeah, definitely want one of those. I definitely want to have that willpower out for sure. So like, what's the so the, the options are cleric. Uh, Cleric is the only full willpower. Only full. Yeah. You'd have to go illusionist or, or druid or ranger. And for the half, well, yeah, I guess yeah. If I if I'm only leaning on it for the early game stuff, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe just that, maybe a ranger. But then again, I mean, you know, some of those spells in the in the willpower probably no joke. Later on, for sure. But later, right. Yeah. I mean those two. If I have my ranger as the fighter, maybe I'll take the leap of faith that
2: with the weapon thing, you know.
0: I mean, yeah, rangers get all weapons. No, they get all armor. They only go to iron sword with the weapon. That's what I mean. If I if I go with the ranger as my fighter, that you can go with a paladin as your fighter. Look at that. Go with your paladin as your fighter. You get all weapons, yeah. armor to iron, and you get half your will. You get your early game will. Yep. Yeah. So, so thief paladin, and then, so I want, I want a magic component for sure. And the only all of that is wizard. So I definitely want to grab a wizard. And so thief what, paladin what, wizard. So what, so what am I weak on then? Probably just oh. melee. It's the, the biggest. Uh, yeah, thieves are pretty weak. It looks like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Eh. Oh, also, what race are these? Just corresponding. Thief, I would I would go with whichever one of those two is the 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 the, the fuzzy. I think it's the fuzzies that are the dexterity focused. So again, I want I want to play into that specific skill of being able to steal shit as much as possible. So whichever one of the two. Yeah, I fuzzies could, max ninety nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then cleric, most powerful magic, and highly recommend for any party. I would probably strength. Oh, kind of a fighter. Bobbitt, Bobbitt. They have good strength and then wisdom. High wisdom. That fucker looks like. Uh, um, they 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 have the 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 little person look to the face of the bobbit <laughs> yeah 100 percent oh, yeah yeah they really, they really played that up so yeah so for the for the cleric a bobbit and then for the ranger we want hazy so hazy and then good okay, armor already maybe kind of lends itself to human but And that's that's a melee reliance, too, so I definitely don't want to fucking... Dwarf doesn't make a bad ranger, if you ask. Eh, that intelligence is a little low. Yeah, but if you're not looking for that from him, you know? And that's Yeah, I have the wizard. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're only looking for the supplemental aspect of the magic and want him to be more of a fighter than that 90... Yeah, then the dwarf looks good on that. Agreed, agreed. So then the wizard... uh, I can't believe elf isn't the best choice there, but... I'm going to go with that that for sure, too. So I'm gonna fuzzy the wizard as well, and the last occupation, oh, lark alchemist. I want to look up. I want to Google Ultima NES lark so badly. That can perform magic and engage in combat. So I get, I yeah, I get a little more melee out of that, you know, because it's all weapons. Whew, but that cloth armor, man, that's a glass can. Yeah. A little bit of extra magic push. You've got a ranger, a cleric, clerk. Word or letter in there. What's the other one you have? Paladin? Yeah. No, no so cleric. You have... pa- pa- Paladin. Okay. Uh, Paladin, thief, and ranger. Paladin, thief, ranger. Okay. I guess that or do I want to just go? F- well, because that, that was the whole point of the ranger, that concession. So. Ranger. So if I go with the lark. It would leave the door open on that sword situation, you know. You don't, do you have anybody who can use? You have the paladin. You can use all weapons. Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't need that. You're right. You're right. You're right. What Druid? would you do without me? This is a lot. Of, this fuck so much variance, dude. It's, it's a lot to choose from. This is, I can't believe Jay was like, Oh, yeah, I already got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about this for the next several days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, just I, in
1: terms of the occupations, you know, <laughs> race
0: will apply. I, I think I'm gonna go with an alchemist just because really? it seems like a, such a throwaway here at the end. I feel like it's gotta have, we gotta some, be missing something. Yeah, and you get half magic, so. Right. I also want to know what exactly half magic means. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, I wonder if it's a very defined up to this one spell or exactly. if it's kind of like a. <laughs>
2: if, it's,
0: if it's like you only get half of the normal MP, but you get access to the full tree. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's hot. I doubt that's the case. I feel like it's going to be. It's got to be something. Yeah. But I can't look it up. God damn it. Mm. Maybe it says it in the manual. I don't think I remember seeing that, though. I feel like I, I doubted. It. it. was it Didn't seem like it fleshed out the magic a, a great deal. The... Uh, yeah, I mean, he has, like, to, to the dagger, only cloth. It's he's got to have, yeah, it's got to have, like, some sort of crazy-ass function, you know? He's got to have, like, something dope about his items or something. Right, yeah, the, you know, it's like the that the clown thing in Dragon Warrior 3, you know, like yep. it, it's like so useless in the beginning, but then at the end it is like just fucking dominating, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you've got a paladin, you've got a thief, you've got a ranger. I'm yeah, I'm a little I think you're a little mage take the alchemist and see what happens because I don't think it's going to happen otherwise and we're just going to find it out, you know. That's true. We're just going to end up googling it and then just telling somebody so. Right. And also, let's keep in mind, ashes. <laughs> let's keep in like, mind. We I may get a chance <laughs> to just might throw have an option to there. fucking change later. Yeah, if he's particularly inept, or uh, he/she is particularly inept, you may very well. Actually, it's an, it's determined by the occupation. It's it's going to be a he for sure. So yeah. the yeah the uh, if if he's super shitty, then maybe he won't be long for this universe. Yeah, it says what I mean. It's right. That, that thing on the left is that a character? Characters list so yeah you, can you make i think you, yeah dude holy fuck what ready made look at that in the top left corner there of the of the race thing character list you make these characters there's 10 options there oh just no, there's actually 20 options there okay so, so ashes. You, ashes ashes So just like, <laughs> oh my god it's just like wizardry and wizardry yeah. is this shit oh my god okay Let's go play. Okay, that's the end of the podcast. Let's go. Podcast game over. (laughs) Socials I don't have any by. So we'll actually be diving into the game on the next side quest up and getting our RP Jesus thong sandals wet with all this baby has to offer. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen. If you enjoy our nonsense, the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com if we're doing this wrong. Follow the pod and banter on the Facebook page and the subreddit and talk shit about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. Links to all that shit's in the show notes. Jab, socials. Uh, it's early 2021, and if you look up in a history book what that means, you'll understand why I don't have any socials. Jay, how do you do the devil's work?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on my gamertag, Gentleman JB, without the second E, and that's
0: everywhere and my instagram is my shift key is broke my twitter is at josh fallen and my gamer tag is two minute todd okay oh, bye. you actually put your gamer tag out there <laughs> <laughs> you psychopath <laughs> okay bye, bye bye, bye.